Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yes, yes, yes. It is the Castworthy Podcast. And we are back. Well, at least two of us are back. It is Sunday, January 14th, January 14th, mm-hmm. yep, Martin, Martin Luther King Day weekend, mm-hmm. uh, I saw some people saying Jonathan Majors Day weekend, um, but uh, <laughs> we're here, two of us, me, uh, Big Steve, aka Lasso, Dying Breed, on the X Machine, formerly known as the Twitter Machine, joined by EJ Savage, Savage, <laughs> not, I, I not, knew you would get that. <laughs> I knew not, you would get that. Not the uh, Dior version of Savage. This is uh, <laughs> the hood version of Savage. Um, and we're here, man. What's good with you? Man, listen. You know what really grinds my gears? Let's start off with that. In the age of technology and texting being available, if my 70-year-old mother can text me information and things that she wants and needs why is it that people in my friend group feel the need to want to call me multiple times for no reason like bruh the times that you're calling me you could have just texted me and got all of the information out like listen quick unless we linking up unless i gotta meet you somewhere Bruh, don't call me. Like, why do you keep calling me? I don't understand it. Like, it's one of the most annoying things ever. And nine times out of ten, they get on the phone, like, yo, what you want? Oh, all right. Let me holler at you. Why did you call me? Like, why you why? Why did you call me? And and I don't uh I don't even listen to the voicemails, yo. Because I'm like, all right, they just called. I ain't pick up. So they're gonna text me next. Right. So why am I gonna waste my time and energy? listening to a voicemail that's more possibility of uh arthritis in my thumb for an extra movement on the phone listen stop calling me don't call me <laughs> don't and i work in telecommunications me. so i'm on the phone regularly i don't got i don't want to talk to nobody like unless exactly. unless it's a wellness call like i made to vp this morning about the dolphins and that's why he's not here so what i heard when i called him was this kind of how the conversation went What's going on? I'm done. I'm done. Just take me off. VP ain't want no parts of the podcast. He ain't want no parts of the NFL. He ain't want no parts of football. It was it it's just it was tough, man. It's a tough L for him. His team, all that high high horse talk that he was doing. We're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to mm. it. It's wild card weekend. It's a wild weekend. And uh <clears throat> we're here for it, man. We are Yo, here for it. You know something we, we kind of touched on Jonathan Majors um 
last week, but we didn't really go in like we usually do. Like I feel like we do, but honestly, man, I, I feel and I said it last week. I think I think the jury kind of did him dirty um, in this in this instance of what happened. You know, none of us were there, but it was clearly a domestic situation where his phone was taken and things were getting out of hand. She ripped off his beard. She attacked him. He went to get his uh, phone and and they said he was reckless. And you know what's crazy about it is black folks, right? Is black folks are are, are, are <laughs> shitting on him, but it ain't because of the situation. It's because he's with a white chick. But how many times have people been in those situations where you got to wrestle something back from the other person or something's yo, going on? And That's how and, crazy it is, yo. Black women don't even care about the domestic violence. If he was beating up another black woman, they would have been like, well, that's black love. Shoot him some bail. Things happen, <laughs> right? Let's stop putting our black kings behind bars. Like, they would have made the woman the villain, but because she white, he's wrong yeah i I don't know that they would have made the woman the villain either specifically but i mean it's a nasty situation like people it it wasn't like he was in there doing you know some savage things he was trying to get his phone and the man ran like 30 miles to get away from this girl and it's like yo this man ran like 30 new york city blocks to get away like the dude and get out remember get out (laughs) just come just kept running, yo. I mean, and, and the thing is, I, I employ people of our community to think about it in the domestic sense that it's like you have sons, you have nephews, you got cousins, and they're in these situations every day. And the thing that makes it craziest for him is that Marvel cut him out. And this is millions of dollars lost on his behalf, his well-being. And then the only thing that we as a people can take from it is that he wants his women to be Coretta Scott King, and they killing him for it. And so, she was white. <laughs> she was white. They're like, no, she, how do you expect her to be Coretta Scott? She don't, know, she don't know our struggle. Listen, man, here's the thing. I never see nobody run like that in, uh, when they get into some type of dispute. And people just really got to learn to walk away, man. Walk and away. I mean, he, he wanted to walk away with his phone. Walk away before, man. Keep the phone. I mean, yeah. at this point, you done caught me. You know what I'm saying? We gonna either it's 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 gonna happen. Either we gonna break up or we gonna stay together. It, me having my phone in my hand at that moment don't make a huge difference. Yeah, I think you know when you look at you know the the quote unquote injuries that she uh um, sustained. That she sustained. I think it was when he pushed her back in the in the car. That's when the ear thing probably happened, right? Her ear probably hit the the door and boom, you know, split her ear back there. And then when they was, you know, they was going at it, you know, when he was trying to get his phone back, he probably squeezed her hand and, and that's what fucked her finger up. But I mean, and, and realistically, right, that's everyday shit. It's just people don't call the cops every day. You know, I yeah. mean, the, the hand, the hand squeezing, not the banging the head on, on the car. Mm-hmm. Um, But it, you know, you. People just gotta know. Look, listen, man. In in any relationship, if it ain't working, or if there, if you caught in something, man, you you know what? You got me. You got me. We are gonna talk about this later when you not as frustrated and I'm not as frustrated. That's probably the best best option. Yeah, and I totally understood what he meant. Like he should have walked away from it. I mean, it, you know, it happens to the best of us. Again, for me, the only difference is 
when it when it jeopardizes your livelihood, like mm-hmm. <laughs> you losing millions of dollars and potentially ruining your career. That's that's the crazy part. And then, you know, he called Megan his Coretta. And it's like they they clowned them for that. So it's like you don't you don't want us to tell you to get BBLs. <laughs> you don't want us going after the strippers. And when a man calls his his black woman Coretta, you you still kill him. I, I'm confused. I don't know which one it is. Which queen. What do y'all want to be? What do y'all want to be? <laughs> well, I think the whole Coretta thing. They just basically saying he turned to it late. He turned to her late, and you know, it's using not using, but um, you know. She was a last resort type of thing or a second option type of thing. But look, <laughs> Jonathan Majors, let, let's call a spade a spade. This dude is he's not attractive, you know, historically. Right. Like <laughs> when you talk about historically attractive, what women like, especially, you know, women of our culture, they generally don't gravitate to a Jonathan Majors type guy. He got a big ass nose. He got a strong ass face. Like he like he's he's got features that are not what people what women generally look for, right? They you're usually looking for, you know, nice eyes, slanted eyes, nice lips, right? You know, slender, you know, cheekbones, nice jaw, you know, jawline, shit like that. That's what women are generally looking like. They're not looking for him. Only reason they're looking for him now recently was because one he's rich <laughs> and two he in rocky with his shirt off looking like a goddamn sentinel you know what i'm saying <laughs> rocky <laughs> or whatever you call it creed, <laughs> creed rocky same shit right <laughs> that's why that's why they like him but historically like even when he was on hbo you didn't hear them talking about him back then no nah. so who so who was supporting jonathan majors all this time White women, white women getting up there talking about, man, I want a successful individual, right? They they prioritize success versus the other stuff in, in most cases, right? And I think that's part of the problem with our culture. We don't prioritize success. We don't prioritize, um, you know, what's coming to the table outside of what you're making right now, right? The long run is what, what I'm talking about. So... You know, white women generally see that. They see that in athletes. They see, and then you'd be like, "Oh, look at this this basketball player going with the white woman." Well, the white woman was there early. <laughs> she saw it, right? You was looking for a homie that was driving, you know, the BMW with the BBSs on it. You wasn't yeah. looking for the dude that was driving the Honda Accord with the beat up front, who was, uh, you know, grinding away, working at, you know, bagging groceries. You didn't want the dude grab bagging groceries. You wanted the dude that could buy on the drug dealer. Yeah. Yeah. The white Very girls true. is like, yo, this dude is a hard worker. This is the dude I want. This is the dude that got a future. Yeah. Now it's future. Right? We're at future. And now y'all mad because he's with the one that was that was holding him down when he didn't have it. Like you can't have it both ways, man. Yeah, and, and that's that's the confusion for me. Again, no matter how you cut it, right? He's with Megan Good now, who's had her her struggles in relationships. She looks happy, right? And he's calling her the best things he could be calling her. And we we killing him for it. And then going back to Simone Biles, she's like, yo, this dude, he his his her wife is, I mean, her husband is saying, yo, look, she pursued me. So we 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 can't be pursued anymore. Like, and 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 I had I saw a woman debating, like, who is he? And he like, he's a millionaire. Somebody had to come on, like, 
actually he is. <laughs> like, right. you know, it's, it's like, it's, it's like, where are we today? You know, that, that our people are just, we worry about the wrong shit, man. We just worry about the wrong shit. Mm-hmm. We, you know, that's what, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> you almost got me there. It's too early for that. You almost got me there. Um, too early in the pod. Shout out to Jonathan Majors, though. I saw his. I saw the interview he did. I hope you. You know. I don't know if you saw it. I hope you get a chance to watch it. I did. Um, you know they they tripped him up in a couple spots. I thought he did pretty pretty well and good in in a lot of the portion of it. He he. It almost looked rehearsed, like he was waiting for who was going to give him that first opportunity to tell his story. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, and then they tripped him up with some challenging questions and stuff. And and you saw just the real side of him. Like, you know, I feel like he, he understands that there was a mistake there. Sometimes these people don't end up in those types of situations until it's too late. Like if you ain't never been in a situation where another individual, whether it be woman, man, you know, black, white can can call you out on something or accuse you of something. Now you're in that situation. You don't know how to act. You don't see it coming. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you've seen something like that, you know, through high school, through college, through, you know, just life in general, you can see that coming. And I just don't think he ever he ever was in that type of situation. Um, you know, Jonathan Major strikes me as and I and, and I could be way off, but he strikes me as the guy where he grew up in a family where, yeah, you know, they told him, you're the strong black man. You could be anything you want whenever you want. Right. Just put your mind to it, your heart to it. Right. And he did. And, and it transferred to success. But I don't think he's ever been through anything challenging like that. And again, I could be way off base, but from the way he handled that running away, like <laughs> like he strikes me as the Zion Williamson type of guy. Right. Like Zion ain't never been through nothing like that. Shorty came out. I was like, "Oh, this is how we get down in the hood." Zion was like, "I've never seen that. It's just a church. I've been, <laughs> I've been in church been. all my life. I just wanted, yeah, to yeah, get my PB." <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I and I tell people all the time. I tell young men all the time, just walk away. And I think you were right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but the other aspect is, you know, again, your phone is your security. You got all type of stuff on there. You might have the accounts mm-hmm. on there. You know what I mean? I should I might want to leave with my phone because if 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 my cash well, it app should is be locked up here. Uh, yeah, I mean, but th- that might have been a problem in the first place at the time. You know what I mean? Who knows at that moment? He's also I mean? rich though. Like you and me, we should leave with our phone and worry about cash app. Absolutely. That that one of them Disney checks is gonna make up whatever she spends, and he could take her to court. He just he made a bad decision in the moment, you know. And 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 luckily, luckily the I think the 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 more severe charges you know were were dismissed right yeah. or he was he was found not guilty of he was found guilty of the lesser charges and of course that was you know disney probably paid them off to get him off the books like yo we can't get rid of him without a conviction we stuck with this guy mm-hmm. and then now we got to deal with the domestic violence uh protesters if we keep him around so we need y'all to hit him with something so we could say hey we got you rid know, of him. Yeah, you know, conduct detrimental to the brand, and we're gonna get rid of them. Like that's how I feel like it went down. The other crazy part about it is they want they talked about him being reckless in that moment, but then they then they use all of the history of the relationship. Like, bro, they both were toxic. Like, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it 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 is, and I understand why black folks feel the way they feel, but 
at the end of the day, another black man fell victim to the to the system because of nothing else. It should have been thrown out. It, it should have been thrown out. Yeah, I think he'll bounce back. Um, I've said I said it last time we talked about this, and I'm I'm confident. I feel like he's gonna bounce back. He's too good of an actor. He carries too big of a name, especially. I mean, how many people I can imagine were running for that first interview? And of course, you're gonna go to Good Morning America. It's one of the biggest platforms out there, mm-hmm. if not the biggest platform. Like you, you for who you're trying to reach. You're trying to reach white women, right? <laughs> You go where, where else you gonna reach white women other than the Kardashians on you know or uh, the Morning America or HGTV <laughs> HGTV right they out there buying all types of Cole Hans for their husbands to go to work and shit like you he picked a he picked a good platform and um you know he'll be fine he'll be fine it might take a little bit we'll see him pop up I think in you know a, a local film of sorts right um. And, you know, someone will be like, oh, Jonathan Majors is in that. It, it might be something that's not on a major, um, uh, under a major company, right? Production company. And maybe it doesn't get a lot of commercials and stuff like that. And then it'll pop up and you'll be like, oh, shit, I didn't even know Jonathan Majors was in this. Like, yeah. that's the type of film that some that he'll probably end up in. And then it'll probably go from there. I hope he bounces back, man. I really do. Yeah, and no I hope, doubt. I hope he, you know, stays where he needs to be and looks like he's in a good space of uh, making good there. Mm, that know. is a good space. We gave him his flowers. We gave him his flowers leading up to all of that. Like last year and the year prior, we we gave Jonathan Majors flowers. We really, really liked him, like him on this pod, you know. So um, you know, hopefully he, he does well and, and learns true. from it, right? Learn from the mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully he's found his Coretta that that won't behave like that. <laughs> and even if he hasn't, ooh, it's probably been a good time. Been a great time. No, no Shout problem. Out to him. <clears throat> yeah, for real. <laughs> um, <laughs> um. So what else is going on, man? Uh, before we get, well, you do anything this week? Anything fun before we get into uh, football? I have a feeling VP is gonna pop in, so I don't want to get he. I think he wants us to get to football before he gets here, right. so people don't get to see him <laughs> cry on on the live. So right. I'm I'm extending it a little bit. You do anything nah. fun this week? Anything crazy? Nah. New Year? Nah, nothing. Nothing regular week. Uh, I'm trying to think if anything happened in DC that was crazy. Did y'all get any snow? Nah, man. We just had a lot of rain and a lot of rain. Yeah. A lot of cold and snow and shit coming down from the from from you know the north, um, or Midwest really, and I, I've been watching. I'm like, yo, is it gonna snow in Tennessee or or North Carolina, like in the mountains or something? Because if it is, I'm hopping in the car and we out. We're going to see some snow, but it hasn't, and and the forecast hasn't shown snow close enough for us to drive. I'm not flying though. I could have flown up to like you know Vermont or you know. Some shit, but I ain't about that. <laughs> I don't want to fly through the snow. I'd rather drive there and then the snow come. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's been kind of weird though, man. You know, the weather up here hasn't been the same as, as it's been in the past. I mean, it was it was pretty cold on the night, but it hasn't been bone chilling cold. Like it's just been kind of cool. Like I don't know. Yeah, hoodie season. Definitely enough Definitely. for the leggings to be out. 
Yeah, I, I would say so. That's what we got. We got, you know, 50s, 60s. Uh, the other day, Friday, it was uncharacteristically warm. It was 77 degrees after all week. It was in fucking low 60s. So, um, but this week we're looking at we're looking at cool weather here in Florida, which means, um, you know, the leggings will be out. So trips to Costco are necessary. Yeah, it's the global warming is real, man. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. Um. All right, fuck it. Let's go. Uh, oh, wait a minute. You've been, you been watching anything? You watch anything new? I started uh I started um Kevin Hart's movie Lift. I mean, it's it's one of those he he's trying to be serious in it. It's one of those comedy heist but not a lot. Comedy kind of like the Gal Gadot um you know, super action uh not super action, which she's like the secret agent. And you know they had this subtle uh, comedy as points in it, and Kevin Hart is this witty leader. I mean, it's cool. It, it's on brand for Netflix. I wish they would really stop making those type of movies. Um, I can tell he didn't write it really. Uh, I mm-hmm. can tell like someone else wrote it, and you know. But I mean, he, he's gonna definitely get a big check for that for sure. Um, again, like we've said on the pod, I'd rather see him in a serious role where it's a very serious role and he just finds his funny points in it and he makes it funny and he makes it his own. Uh, Cause I think that's when he's in his pocket. Um, yep. Other than that, what else have I watched? Reacher is back on Amazon. I love that show. It's been, it's been a solid show. The actor, I love the guy who played, I don't really remember his name, but um, he he's solid in that. Uh, I tried to get through that Netflix one. Uh, I can't even remember the name of it, but I've been trying to get through that. I can't get through it. Um, and then Raising Canaan, man. Raising Canaan, I think of all of the stars, all of the power um, joints other than the main OG one. This one is just so, it's so different. You know, the realism, the acting, I mean, the, the just take you back to the 90s. It's just crazy, like. It's just crazy, man. I really, really enjoy that show. And uh, they do a really, really good job, man. So, you know, shout out to the Raising Canaan series. It's in season three. Definitely dope. I definitely recommend cats watch it, man. It's It's been a good three seasons consistently. So, uh, you know, hopefully we'll see some things go down in this one. So, yeah, that's all I've been watching, though. I think Netflix is still... <clears throat> dealing with those movies and TV shows that they agreed upon or agreed to when mm-hmm. the writer strike was coming or was, was on. Right. Um, because I think there was just scripts and shit that was done and people were like, all right, <laughs> Netflix was like, all right, we don't got nothing new coming. We're going to grab just like with the, the pandemic, right. Pandemic. You had like the floor is lava, you know, silly ass shit like this, like that. Um, so I think with the Kevin Hart shit, it's a big name. Netflix is like, grab it, you know, because we don't know what the writers are going to be doing. Um, let's commit to this. And, you know, now here we are, it's, it's releasing. I'm watching a show on Netflix called, um, I think it's called the truth, uh, mm-hmm. or, or trust the trust, mm-hmm. the trust. And basically it's eight people. No, it's 11 people. 11 people are basically put on an island. They start with. I saw that. I saw that. 
Yeah. 250 grand and you could be, um, you know, you can choose to vote someone off type of shit. There's a mm. lot to it, right? Um, it's pretty cool. It's, it's pretty cool. Uh, but that's all I've been watching. Um, from the left field, though, we've got, uh, you know, our friend, our third leg, pause, co-host, the third leg of the tripod. See what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, always positive, never negative. Extremely confident. Miami Dolphins, super native, Tua enthusiast, <laughs> Miami media top subscriber of 2023, <laughs> none other than the VP. Welcome to VP to the show, all. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Just in time, good brother. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you uh <laughs> I bet your spiel for today that you were preparing all week uh had to change after uh, after last night's proceedings, huh? It was it was bad, man. It was it was bad. Like I, I I'm seeing people out there who feel optimistic, like, oh, you know, playoffs two years in a row, you know? And I'm like, Yeah, I mean that's cool, but you know, that's I feel like you're looking to uh you're too in the moment. See what you did. You know, yeah. You're you're too in the moment right now. Like this shit has been bad, you know. And if if you want to shoot to a the tiniest bit of bail, right? You could argue this is kind of like his first real season. You know what I mean? It, it is hurt <laughs> his whole career. This is the first time he's played the entire season. And uh, good morning, Judy. And uh, uh, other than that, man, it's it's been bad. It has been bad, you know. And and I said this. I don't know if it was in chat or on here. Um, and Steve poo pooed it. I said next year McDaniel is going to be on the hot seat, and. I think that the Dolphins need to seriously think about if Tua is the guy going forward. And Steve was like, no, nah, he's the guy, you know? And and the, the reason that I say that is, is that, you know, and, and Steve, you, you know this better than EJ probably because you're a Cowboys fan. Like getting to the playoffs is not enough. Kick this you know what I mean? Like, like winning, winning 10, 11 games, that's cool. But like, you're trying to go deeper than that, right? And when you look at Tua's performance in these big games, because, you know, you can beat up on all the, all, all the bad teams in the regular season. That's how you get to the playoffs, right? But once you once you get to the playoffs, there's no more bad teams, you know, and, unless there's like an anomaly like last year where that Tampa team gets in that's, that had like four wins or whatever their crazy record was, right? But for the most part, it's all good teams. And when you look at Tua's career, um, year one of his career, week seven, like playoff games. And even though this is his first playoff game last night, but playoff atmosphere type games, right? In his rookie season, week 17 was a win and you're in. He played like complete shit. The following year in, in uh, 2021, uh, week 17, it was a win plus 
another team lose and you're in. So still playoff kind of situation. He played like shit. And um, um, last year he was hurt with the concussion, so he didn't play. And then this year against Buffalo, it was a win and you win a division. You already in, but you win a division. You get a home playoff game playing in 69 degree weather versus negative 30 weather. And he played like complete shit. And then last night in the actual playoffs, he played like shit again. So I think the team has to has to say, you know, is this guy going to win us games? Absolutely. Is he going to take us to the promised land, though, is is the question. The the Miami Dolphins were up three with five games to go, and they pissed yep. it away. Nobody yep. has ever done that in the past. It's the first time anything like that has ever been seen. Five games to go, you're up three, and you piss it away. That's never happened before. Um, I think that's a question for McDaniel. Shooting some bail to Miami, though, lots of injuries. Lots and lots of injuries at some unopportune times, including um, Waddle being out. And I've told you guys, when Jalen Waddle is off the field, Tua and Tyreek look like shit. And every game Waddle has sat out, I mean, Tyreek's getting his 70 yards but he's not catching touchdowns. He's not getting those big breakaway plays because now the safety only has to stay honest on one guy. They don't got to worry about the other side of the field. So so the Dolphins were extremely um, challenged when Waddle wasn't there. They lost a bunch of defenders, right? The coaching, though, has to understand that when the, when that bag is empty, meaning you get to week 14 and everybody has watched the tape and caught up to you, that there's nowhere nowhere else for you to go, and you have to change your game plan, right? Um, Tua, like Dak, like Jalen Hurts, like many of the quarterbacks today in general, they're not the Tom Brady. They're not the Peyton Manning. These are not guys that can look at the, 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 the play, read the defense, all game, maybe one play, maybe two plays, maybe one quarter. We're talking about four quarters of reading the defense and finding those weak spots and making those plays, calling those audibles, making throws that the coach didn't call, you know, changing to the run, changing to the pass. These guys can't do that. Dak can't do that. Tua can't do that. Jalen Hurts can't do that. The quarterbacks of today, there aren't many that can do that. You might have the closest, I think, that's still left in this league, obviously, Aaron Rodgers. But you take him away, maybe a Matthew Stafford, and he's still probably only 50% of that versus what these other guys are. So from a coaching standpoint, when that bag starts to run dry, that well starts to run dry and defenses and teams are starting to catch up, you got to change it up. With McDaniel and with whoever's calling the offense on that side, you guys continue to run the ball and try to run those stretch plays Sometimes you went through the tackles, but mostly the stretch plays and people just basically set up for that. They set up looking for those outside runs. And and now if Moster can't bounce it outside and a chain can't bounce it outside. Now you got third and eight, third and nine versus third and four, making it a quick slant for Tua or whatever it is. Right. Or now you got third and one. You run Tyreek on, a, on you know, uh, a go route and, and he's going to beat him up and nobody's expecting it because it's third and one. So from from an offensive coordinator or a play caller standpoint, you got to change that. Your defense, though, your defensive coordinator, 
who's been around the block and been there for years upon years upon years did. You guys lost your secondary. You lost a lot of your secondary. And what did he do? He said, all right, we're not going to put it on these guys for coverage sacks. We're going to blitz everybody. Send the fucking world at Patrick Mahomes. And it worked. It worked. But these guys got tired because your offense couldn't extend the plays. And you're playing in negative 24 degree weather. So really, yeah, to your point, it does fall on McDaniel. And I didn't think it was going to. I gave a lot of stock to Mike McDaniel for his human side of things. Right. And I saw him get killed on some of the shows this week leading up to up to the game. I want to say it was Teddy Bruschi when they talked about Belichick, which we'll get into um, retiring. He was like, you know, these new coaches, they want to be your friend and they want to, you know, Belichick never does that. And then they brought up. You know, McDaniel in that game we talked about on Hard Knocks where he tapped to on the shoulder and said, hey, you know, put your chin up, chin up and put a smile and they're getting the ass whooped. And he was like, Belichick would never do that. Right. I like that. But I think that's a society we live in today. I think that's a good leader in today's society. But you still got to have that rough side. And I think that's where, you know, McDaniel was just like, all right, let's get out there, guys, and let's have fun. No, 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 no. We should have been at home this week. Let's not have fun. Let's get out there and bust some ass. So can, can I'm, I'm get in real quick, EJ, before you go? Real quick. Okay. So <laughs> um, here, here's what I'll say. I, I agree with some of what you said, right? On, on, on Vic Fangio, on the defensive side, you know, the guy's down six defensive starters. Like last night, we were missing six starters on defense. That's more than half of the defense. You know what I'm saying? And then three of the backups to those six starters also are out. So, you know what I mean? Like, so the defense is down bad. Even with that said, those boys played well last night. They gave up one touchdown in the first quarter, held them to all field goals, and then gave up another touchdown in the fourth quarter. That that crazy, that bullish Pacheco run. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the defense was keeping you alive. The offense wasn't doing anything. The defense was doing more, you know, bend, don't break, you know, and and the offense was just atrocious. Right. But on McDaniel. Right. And and this is when I be saying, like, when I say stuff, when I be like, uh, uh, you know, you guys just be saying shit or whatever. Like, this is kind of what I mean. Right. Like when Steve talked about the, the outside runs and stuff. Right. If you pull up the box scores from last night, you know how many times we ran the ball last night? Not 18. enough. 18 in the entire game. We ran the ball 18 times. You know what I'm saying? McDaniel does not call a balanced enough offense. And it makes me think about going back to that Patriots Falcons Super Bowl where Kyle Shanahan, where McDaniel comes from, is the OC in Atlanta under Dan Quinn. And they just keep calling these pass plays, pass plays, pass plays, pass plays, and you end up letting them have enough clock to come and get you and in, 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 uh, in win in, in that Super Bowl, right? And we're seeing that with McDaniel in Miami where he won't run the ball. There's a sequence last night in the third quarter. We get the ball first in the third quarter. McDaniel comes out and calls four runs in a row, eight yards, five yards, seven yards, and then I think two or three yards, right? Now it's third and two. And what does he do? Throws a fucking wide receiver screen. It goes, it goes uh, uh, for, for no gain back to the line of scrimmage. He goes for it on fourth down. 
It's fourth and two. What does he do? Instead of lining up for a run, he goes five wide shotgun. And in, in a five wide shotgun set, they throw the pass to a receiver who was only at the line of scrimmage. And he didn't catch it. But even if he had caught it, I don't even know if it would have been the first down because it was, it was right there at the line of scrimmage, depending on the spot. You know what I mean? And it's that it's like McDaniel last week against Buffalo. HN ran well in the first half. And then you get to the second half. He only let HN run the ball two times. It's like McDaniel runs the ball and he says, man, that shit's working too well. We got to stop doing that. Like- <laughs> well, I, I agree. I agree with both of you guys. Um, and I think, I think Steve, you're, you're hundred percent right about the quarterback of today, which is why I keep telling people that, a lot of these guys are not great at reading defenses. They're not great at making decisions. Um, but a lot of them are still very young. And we forget that some of the quarterbacks that we mentioned that are great sat behind other people. They had time to develop. Tom Brady would have never played if Mo Lewis didn't take Drew Bledsoe out of the game. Uh, the only one you probably could say would have started right away and did was Peyton Manning. Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre. I mean, they're not giving these guys enough time to really grow. Dak Prescott was never supposed to be the guy. Third-round guy out of Mississippi State. He lit up the senior bowl, but, I mean, no one wanted to take a flyer on this guy. And he got thrown into the fire. And, again, he's had to adjust through how many coaches that might not have been great for him. You know what I mean? Um, Even Garrett, I don't think, ever really wanted Dak to play. Uh, but going to Tua, I think Mike McDaniel and I and I was saying this last night. Huh? I was muted talking shit oh, to you. I, I was saying last night to you, VP, like you and I pointed out how at the time there was only eight rushes from Mostert. And then they would then Tua, if you look at his productivity on the runs, was damn near just as good every clip that he ran. And my point was McDaniel kept putting this dude in seven step drops where your O-line isn't as good as it was starting the season. You got Carl Office out there. You got some dogs on Kansas City D-line that are pretty good. Johnson Jones in the interior. And you're giving this kid seven-step drops. And instead of climbing the pocket, Tua, for whatever reason, drops back seven yards, throwing off his back foot. He's not the tallest guy. He doesn't throw off his back foot that well, and he keeps floating the ball. And my thing was, Mike McDaniel, you've been winning all season by giving him three-step options, using your speed to beat these guys one-on-one, and for whatever reason in this game, you want to throw everything out of the stadium. And Tua, I mean, granted, he has a concussion and injury uh, risk. Every time that he didn't have an option and he ran, Y'all advanced the ball. So I, I think Mike McDaniel, you know, he really did let y'all down. But I think the saving grace to also think about that is he's also these two seasons taking a franchise that was while you guys won games under um what was your old coach's name? Flores. Black brother. Under Flores. While you guys won games under Flores, your franchise was kind of in disarray in the sense of all that nonsense going on, them wanting him to tank all of that drama, the florist culture to Mike McDaniel's culture. I think for those two seasons working with the confines of what has gone on, he's done well. But I also see your point where ownership can say, 
you know, if you don't get it right next year, something's got to shake up. And I can see that happening. But I, I do shoot him bail because, again, this is the second season where he's had to revamp this entire culture. He's had to implement his entire system. And, you know, Tua last year was hurt. And this is the first time he's played 18 games. So, you know, I, I think all in all, I get it, wanting to go to the dance, but I, I think this was something to leave, you know, for next year. But but EJ, the, the problem with McDaniel for me is that Steve said it. I, I brought it up last week on the podcast. Steve said it today. You have a three-game lead in a division with five games left. And in week 18, you're playing for the division. That makes no sense. The collapse against Tennessee, right? And then when you look at the way that the team looks against the better teams, right? The offense, it, it looks like not only Tua is lost, it looks like McDaniel is lost out there. It looks like he's not sure what to do, right? You go well, back sure. to last season, we played. Does McDaniel play, call your offensive plays? Yeah, McDaniel calls the okay. offensive play. Frank Frank Smith is the offensive coordinator, but McDaniel calls the offense. He might and, need to that off. And you go last year to the San Francisco game. They come out, first play of the game, Trent Sherfield, 75 yards to the house. Play one of the game. After that, the entire rest of the game, the offense looks like shit, right? You go to the next game, which was the Green Bay game. I shoot to a bell on that one because that was a game that he got the concussion, and we didn't know about it until the next day. So he looked like shit, but then we find out he was playing with a concussion. So, you know, whatever, nothing to see here, right? The kid was injured. But then you go to this season, he looked bad in the Kansas City game. He looked bad in the Philly game. He looked bad in the Tennessee game. Um, he looked bad in the in the uh, uh, Ravens game. Are you saying Tua? Are you saying Tua's looking bad? Or are you saying yeah, McDaniel's coaching? The offense. The Dolphins average 30 something points per game against the bad teams. And against the good teams, the teams that are plus 500, and I don't mean good, like just plus 500, they average 18. Man. Passing go from 270 a game down to 220. Last night, I don't even think he hit 180. No, he didn't because I had a prop on it. McDaniel, McDaniel last night um, and much of the end of the season played for tomorrow. Right. And in the playoffs, you can't play for tomorrow. You have to play for today. If Tua gets knocked the fuck out, Tua gets knocked the fuck out and you lose this game with your best player on offense or one of your best players, your top two to three players on offense going out there and trying to make a play to EJ's point And VP, you, you disputed it last night when he said running. It's a different game. Like they were dropping back and they were trying to cover Tyreek. So you had two men back every single play unless Tyreek ran a slant or crossing route he wasn't open so you got a safety back on him you got a corner back on him you run Jalen out um Jalen Waddle out and now you have a safety and a cornerback on him the middle of the field was pretty much open because their linebackers were playing your tight ends so he absolutely should have been able to run more maybe not regularly but definitely more and each time that he did make that decision the first time he got nine yards. The second time, I want to say he got seven yards. And then after that, they just, you know, it, it was so far and few between. But, yeah, McDaniels played for, for, for tomorrow, and you can't. You have to play for today in the playoffs. In week one, you play for tomorrow. In, yeah, in week it, one of the playoffs, you play for right now. 
it was Steve to to piggyback on what you were saying. Tua had about five carries for like thirty five yards at one point, and he got them all on clips of just running up the middle. And at some point, when the defense, to your point earlier, when the defense has you figured out, and you're doing all these things, and you're just dropping back, they gotta take they, what they, they give. Made, they take what they give you. They made the game so easy for Kansas City's for Spagnola. They made the game so easy because now you're just dropping back seven yards. Tua doesn't climb the pocket for whatever reason. And again, if I'm McDaniel, I'm telling him, look, get the ball, take seven, but check the check the coverage, check the flow. The dude had a truck size hole about 60% of the time. And at some point, you just take your four, take your five, slide. And then when they start to make it honest again and they start to pull linebackers off of your your tight ends and because you had George Karloffis out there covering people, he hasn't done that all season. But he knew they knew at that point, we don't need you to rush because we're just going to drop back seven and throw a floater anyway. So, so here, here's my thing, right? And, and and I don't, I don't necessarily agree on Tua running. I don't mind them doing some design runs because Tua, he, while he's not that fast, I, I think he's not as slow as people think he is. He's super you know? athletic, super. But athletic. those, right. but those, but, those didn't have to be designed. It's just right. No, I'm not, I'm not saying design. Yeah, I'm not saying design okay. run. But I'm, I'm not it a fan of Tua running too much, given his his injury history. But I, I, I get your point, and and I don't think that it's an invalid point, right? But. The problem is Andy Reid said something last night in his press conference. I don't I don't know if you guys heard it or whatever. He said, um, I think that the Dolphins thought we were gonna play this game different. You know, and he was basically saying he think that the, that Miami thought that they were gonna run more because of how cold it was. Okay. You know what I mean? And they came out passing, and I think it took the defense, it caught the defense off guard in the in the um in the uh, first quarter, which is why they were able to march down there and score. And then it seems like after they adjusted because then, you know, we held them to basically field goals. Right. But it seems like McDaniel came in and started off right away and said, yeah, we're going to just throw the ball. And 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 I'm, I'm sorry, we're going to run the ball. And then all of a sudden, when it wasn't working, we're going to just go completely to the pass. But the point that I'm making is, is going back to coaching, is that it seems like McDaniel doesn't make adjustments. Right. The Dolphins put out this week that they practice all week this week. They practice in their indoor facility. That way they can turn the temperature down. Right. They turn the temperature down to as low as it goes in the indoor facility. And we're practicing in 50 degree weather. The fuck are we talking about here? It was it was almost 100 degrees lower in Kansas City than it was in the practice facility. Why the fuck didn't the team travel to KC on Tuesday to practice in that shit so they can get used to throwing the ball in it? Right. Because you look at Tua throwing the ball last night, he's throwing these floaters. The passes weren't very accurate. Even that touchdown to Tyreek was a bad ball. And I asked in the chat, like, yo, because I heard it was windy. So I'm like, did the wind get the ball or or was that an underthrown? Like, but I, it but wasn't I, even I a also deep pass. Think, I also think his poor throwing came from those seven step. Just go back and watch it. Those seven step drops. He just stands back there and you can't well, drop back seven seven steps and then just throw off your back foot and he's a lefty so it's well, like people people dick ride to a for his accuracy and he's accurate but he's accurate because he throws touch passes he doesn't throw bullet passes very well 
And that's what Patrick Mahomes does, which is why when the wind is blowing, like it was last night, Mahomes was able to still zip it in there to Rashid Rice. And and Tua, all the passes he made that looked really good were those floaters that didn't get caught in the wind out to the side sideline, Jalen Waddle wide open. Tyreek was open on that last play, you know, that last drive, you know, but it was too late by that time. And, you know, that one flew in the in the wind a little bit, but it was still a pretty good pass. Two is a touch pass quarterback, uh, very accurate when he throws those touch passes. But when he throws the, the bullets, if it's not over the middle, wide open, he's not he's not great. He doesn't throw outside the numbers great. And they played over the middle. That's, great. That's just, that's just that's just not true. That's just not. I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying, but it's, it's just not true. When Look. I've seen the numbers laid out when you look at Tua's numbers outside. Tua actually throws the ball better outside the numbers than he no, throws no. in. No, he doesn't. He throws, he throws a deep ball, I've period. Seen the numbers. He just throws the ball deep. I don't, it. I don't know that. I don't know that. I don't know that. I'm telling you he does. I'm not going to debate because VP has brought this up before. He's, he's stood on this before. I'm not going to debate that that's been Tua all season. Once again, what we're ignoring is that those come from three-step, quick decision Quick outs. Tyreek just beat this guy last night. Again, you're forcing this guy to step back seven yards and he stood there. It's a total difference. And when he gets it, he's three steps. He's touching it is going. It's touching it is going. This guy can't stand back in the pocket. He's barely six one. He's standing back there in the pocket, seven yards deep. To your point, it's coming out like that because he's seven yards deep. And they're floaters, and nobody is wide open. When you've right. seen him getting progress, is when he's getting these three-step joints, and and Tyree gets a quick beat. You know, it, it just I don't get, I don't get it. I just didn't get it. Like it, the it, coverage was the coverage was too good. So when you drop into seven, is to get let your wide receivers get open a little more. Yeah, but those extra steps didn't help because they they couldn't get open. Exactly. For some reason, they 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 were dropping back. And they were rushing three, maybe four here and I there. I couldn't understand it. I couldn't understand it. At that point, Spagnola, they're just looking at him like, okay, y'all just keep doing this all game. It's easy. Yeah. It's easy. And they kept doing these fucking screens. I literally, like, pounded the table <laughs> last night because I was so – I was like – I don't know. And in bad times. I, I was like, McDaniel has 13, to have, like, a, a – screen to Tyree. Yeah. I was like, he has to have, like, a fucking over-under bet on screens or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this shit. Ridiculous the amount of screens that we run. And and I said this to, to the folks watching with me here at home. I've been saying, I've been talking shit about these screens all year. Bubble screens, wide receiver screen. We don't screen well as a team at all. When we do screens to the running back, we usually get caught for a, a illegal man downfield. When we do wide receiver screens, they don't work. Bubble screens, they don't work. I can think of maybe five plays, not last night, all season that were just positive screenplays. I don't mean like they were great. And like, holy shit, he got 20 yards up there. I mean like just positive. <laughs> and they keep doing this shit over and over again. I don't understand the commitment to this play that is not working. You know what I mean? The shit is it's ridiculous, man. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Last thing I'll say on this before we move on, because I want to make sure Houston gets their props also. We got to give them their flowers. Is... um. You know, my point was you play for tomorrow. And and that's a concern that I'm going to have with the Cowboys. Great point. Great point. Because you're playing safe for Tua. 
and I think the Cowboys have been playing safe all year for Dak on the turnovers, right? How many times do you guys see me in the chat saying, throw the fucking ball, stop being afraid, stop holding the ball, throw the ball. Usually. I'm hoping that through the well, he's been using his leg, but I'm hoping that through the through the playoffs, you know, Mike McCarthy can get past that playing for today's shit. You gotta make you're gonna have to make a risky throw at some point you against mean, a good defense. Playing for tomorrow versus playing for today. Right. Right. And and you know, McDaniel, he's what's this, his second year? This is his first second playoff year. game as a as a head coach. Um, he's gonna have some learning to do. He needs to either coordinate with well there you go his coordinator um his offensive coordinator and come up with a plan where maybe he makes you know some calls and and you know the coordinator makes some calls or just hand it off because his offense seemed to be it seemed like people were catching on by by week 14 15 in in my opinion it just seemed like if we if we cover this and we cover Tyreek do our best there then we're putting Tua in a in a bad situation. And while Tua can read the field, I think he can read the field in the moment. If you cover it, it gets tough. Again, Jalen Waddle to me is your X factor. Everyone says Tyreek. Jalen Waddle is the X factor because it's not your X receiver; it's your Y receiver. Yeah, the, that's, I would that's, agree. The times that 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 Tyreek has been, you know, not major factor. In- Games Waddle has always been that blanket that bails him out. I, I can agree with that, but that's you know um, that's that's understanding usage of your personnel. Right. The 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 last thing I'll say on this when I when I'm talking about McDaniel's play calling, his coaching, decision making, all of the above when it comes to McDaniel, is what needs to be a major concern for the Dolphins going into this offseason from a coaching standpoint maybe and probably from a player personnel standpoint as well and i'm not just talking about two i'm saying like the the offense in general right is that when you look at the numbers right against playoff teams they played seven games against teams that were playoff teams and in those seven games miami's offense had 71 possessions those 71 possessions amounted to 12 touchdowns and 10 turnovers in an offense that's as high powered as ours, th- those numbers shouldn't be like that. That that's a problem. That's a big fucking problem. You know what I mean? And and they're gonna have they're gonna have to do something about it. <laughs> CJ Stroud, <clears throat> CJ Stroud. I shitted on him at the beginning of the season a little bit. Not really shitted on him. I just a said lot. that uh, a lot. I just, I just said Bryce Young was the better better choice. Um, but CJ Stroud in Houston, um. Had a home game yesterday against Joe Flacco and the Browns and that high-powered defense that the Browns have had all season that just appeared to not be there yesterday. Um, and they blew them out, 45-14. See, they Stroud went for 274-3, and three, no interceptions, 16 for 21. Um, and that team, when you look at it on the surface, they don't have anyone – that tells you I got to be scared of this person. Their top wide receiver is Nico Collins. Mm-hmm. Nothing tells you before this season that you need to be afraid of Nico Collins. From a tight end standpoint, you got, you know, um, Schultz. Again, not anything to be afraid a of. Major drop yesterday. Major mm-hmm. drop. 
Devin Singletary, who, you know, fucking Buffalo's been telling us for years he's not the guy, right? Um, so when you look at Houston, they don't have all the things, right? And, you know, on the defensive side, they've got some decent guys. D'Amico Ryans did a hell of a job, I think, with this team this year. And I think they're a scary team in the AFC. Um, thinking about everyone that's left, they are a trap game for anybody left in the AFC except for maybe Baltimore, which is who they it's potential for them to see. But um yeah. nonetheless, they went out yesterday, they beat up on Cleveland. Joe Flacco looked like absolute dog shit. Uh he had two interceptions that turned that both of them turned out to be pick sixes. 34 for 46. He threw the ball 46 times. They lost their way, Cleveland. They ran the ball 20 times yesterday, to your point, VP. 20 times they ran the ball. Kareem Hunt had eight of them. This guy hasn't done shit all year from a running standpoint. Receiving, yes, but not from a rushing standpoint. Jerome Ford, the guy who's been getting it done this year, had nine carries for 17 yards. That that defense is what really, to me, to your point, Steve, they, they really were... They really were the problem. Um, you know, the kid out of Northwestern who I love, uh, Newsom, was out. Um, but that defense. I like that kid. Yeah. Yeah, that defense totally. I, I don't want to hear it no more. I don't want to hear it about Cleveland's defense no more. Where you have my Jets that have had an abysmal non-working offense all season and, and they found ways to deliver, right? This Cleveland defense if you watch the flow of that game, it was pretty tight. It was it was going well for Cleveland. They had the lead. The next series, after they go down and score, they give up that huge touchdown, and then the, the, the game is over. The momentum swings. Once Houston breaks that, that touchdown, now Cleveland feels like they got to pin their ears back and throw the ball. They, got, they abandoned the run. Flacco has no protection. Will Anderson is just getting in there. Receivers aren't getting open. Cleveland's defense really gave that game away. It, it, it was supposed to be a point where Cleveland's defense just need, I mean, Cleveland's offense just needed to get 14 points, and Cleveland's defense is going to do the rest. Miles Garrett, he he made he a crucial mistake yesterday. It One made assist. a crucial mistake. Crucial mistake. Goes off sides, uh, extends the play, extends the drive. He's going against his college rival uh, in Tunsil. Tunsil is batting him down all day long. Once he was taken out of the game, there was nothing else left on Cleveland's defense. That whole defense, if they're drafting, if I'm drafting next year, I'm I'm going all defensive from Cleveland because they need some help. They really got exposed yesterday. So I, I would say two two things. First, you know, definitely shout out to CJ Stroud, uh, D'Amico Ryan's, and, and Houston overall. I said it last week you know, when they won a the division, this team had the number one overall. I mean, I'm sorry, not the number one overall. They, they, they had the second pick of the, um, of the draft and you, you not only win the division, you want a playoff game already. So they're, they're way ahead of, um, ahead of schedule right now. Um, um, but with that said, man, you know, I think that with Flacco, what you're seeing happen is the same thing you see happen with these other quarterbacks. And even though Flacco is a known commodity, I still think that we're seeing the same thing, right? You get a guy, the Giants, Daniel Jones goes down. They bring in uh, Danny DeVito, right? Or, sorry, um, 
<laughs> what's, the, what's the kid's name? Tom, Tommy DeVito. <laughs> um, they bring in Tommy DeVito, and it's like, yo, this kid looks good, right? About two games go by, coaches get some film on him, and it's like, okay, it's time to knock this shit off. You know what right. I mean? He's and, not good. And, right. And then you see that with like Josh Dobbs, right? Josh Dobbs comes to Arizona. It's like, oh shit. Comes to Minnesota. Oh shit. Now you got some film on them, and it's like, nah, we, we've had enough of that, you know. And I think the same thing happened with Flacco. While Flacco is a known commodity, he's been out of league for a while, you know. And so he comes back and it's like, okay, let's look at some old film and let's also look at these, you know, four or five games he started. And okay, cool. We got it figured out now. You know what I mean? And then they they put a stop to that shit, especially when you're talking about a guy in D'Amico Ryan's who is a defensive, uh, 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 he comes oh from a defensive side of the ball, you know? So, um, so I think that was part of Cleveland's problem. But to EJ's point about drafting defense, Cleveland's problem next year, and I've talked to you guys about this all the time on here in chat about the salary cap, right? I, I, I've been looking at the salary cap a lot these last couple of years and like learning how it works and shit like that. And Cleveland has a huge fucking problem in their cap next year. And the reason why is that they tried to finesse the system with that Watson suspension and gave him the first year of his contract for only a million dollars. Next year, his salary balloons from whatever it is this year. I think it's about 30 something million, maybe low 40 million to almost 60 million. And because his money is fully guaranteed, it counts 100% against the cap. You can't shift it in ways how you can like turn part of it to a bonus and do all, you know what I mean? They can't do that. It's all going to count against the cap. And now they're going to have to make some decisions. And they may have to go and get some cheap guys from other teams or draft or whatever in order to make these numbers work. Because in order to try to save Deshaun Watson some money to make him pick you, since he had the no trade, you tried to finesse the system. And now those chickens are coming home to roost next season. <clears throat> Miles Garrett didn't show up yesterday at all. Um, that's your big that's your big piece. Um, they found a way to knock him out of the game and no one else can get home um on on defense. 100%, right. 100% you got right. a young young quarterback in CJ Stroud. I said a couple weeks ago that um Bryce Young to me looks like he doesn't understand the speed of the game, you know, to this point of his career. He doesn't realize that the defenders are faster than they were in college um, and better. And you're getting the best of the best from all divisions and all conferences, rather. Um, and CJ Stroud seems to get that. He seems stay, to get stay, that. He stay, seems... stay there on, on what you just said, because if you think about it, right, you got these Alabama quarterbacks, Tua, Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts. And and uh, Bryce, I've said this in the past. Alabama quarterbacks, <laughs> Alabama quarterbacks are cursed. I mean, Joe Namath is the last one to win the Super Bowl. They're cursed. None of them pan out. None of them. None of them pan now, out. Now, the alternative, the one thing that I will say, right? Um, Houston has come on and they look good. They look better, but. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because they did come out of a division that was absolutely dog shit this year. Um, 
Indy was trash. Jacksonville collapsed. They got a quarterback who's looking like he's Daniel Jones when we compare the numbers. Exactly the same numbers as Daniel Jones, a guy who everyone's saying has got to go. Um, but because he's the pretty boy that came from Clemson, they're going to continue to try and build around this guy for whatever reason. Um, so, so that division and, and then Tennessee who just, uh, you know, I think they underperformed. Rabel got a, a hard, hard deal at quarterback this year, you know, um, and, and he got, they got screwed. They lost. Um, they didn't do well. So the Texans came out of a very easy, easy division. And then in their, in their, you know, their wild card round, they get a team with a guy who just came off of the couch going into yesterday's game. He had seven interceptions already. So let's not act like Joe Flacco was uncharacteristic yesterday or, or Houston made him do something different. He had seven interceptions going into yesterday. He threw two. He's had nine and he's only been playing for like six weeks or something. So mm-hmm. uh, let's not I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves on Texas, uh, on the Texans, rather. I'm sorry, on Houston. Um, they're going to have some tough tasks ahead of them. I did person. I do personally feel like they're a sleeper, um, but I think on the road is going to be a challenge for this young kid. Um, C.J. Stroud is good. I think a road game in the playoffs is going to be a tough task for him. Whether it's in Buffalo, whether it's in, um, I mean, it just depends who wins, right? Whether it's in Buffalo, whether it's Kansas City, whether it's Baltimore, um, you know, it's going to be a tough task for him. Um, but but Steve, you also know this from the fact that you're a Cowboys fan, right? And and we saw it as well in, in Cincinnati. When you don't have to pay your quarterback fucking ungodly sums of money, you can make a better team. It's why, it's how San, when people are like, how the fuck can San Francisco have all these players? It's because their quarterback only makes $800,000 a year. Right. You know what I mean? Because he's on a seventh round rookie deal or whatever. You know what I mean? Now next year, when they got to pay him, that team's gonna look different. You know what listen, I mean? They, they might be able. They might be able to massage the numbers and put some also of the, not some of the bigger though. numbers in the out years. Let's also not forget though, Cleveland. When you're talking about injuries, and this is why injuries isn't an excuse for anyone, they've had a litany of injuries. You know, they had some injuries on the defense. They lost their starting tackles to begin with. They were actually out there last night playing with some four string dudes, and mm-hmm. that's when Will Anderson and them were getting busy. I think Steve and me can agree. And let's also remember D'Amico Ryans came into this game with a chip on the shoulder because Flacco dropped 200 yards to Amari Cooper on the Texans by themselves. Um, But, you know, when you look at this game, that defense really let them down. The Cleveland had the lead. They were in a position to where at 14, it might have been like 14-7, for something like that. I can't remember what it was. They were in a position that if the defense goes out and puts a stop to Houston, Cleveland can run the ball and do what they want to do. They gave up that huge score. The whole tide of the game changed. Miles mm-hmm. Garrett was completely ineffective, and nobody else seemed like they could play football on that Cleveland defensive line. No one in the secondary wanted to make a tackle. No one in the secondary could stick to these guys on defense, and it just went out of hand. The, the thing that got them there, their bread and butter, which is the scary defense is so great. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. Look like the, the the little Giants yesterday. I mean, the defense, didn't, the defense <clears throat> didn't give up two pick sixes, though, you know, so. Yeah, but I mean, the reason the reason at that point in the, t- in the game where they're throwing anything to the wall is because Houston is getting out on them offensively. 
again, it, it was a collective effort. Um, the Browns they they overachieved. They went eleven and six. They made the playoffs without Nick Chubb. When Nick Chubb went down, everyone thought it was done. That they were done. Um, then lost uh, Chubb and then lost the quarterback. Then lost, lost their, their quarterback. Starting tackles. <laughs> they lost their tackles. They lost their quarterback. They lost their backup quarterback. They lost their backup to the backup quarterback, and then they went and signed the guy off the couch. So mm-hmm. for them to, to you know end and make the make the playoffs right um, with high hopes of potentially winning this game, I think some people had a lot of people had them pick based off of that defense. They overachieved. The problem I think for them next year, to VP's point, is they got to figure out that whole shit with Deshaun Watson because for two seasons he's looked like that one season off washed him up mm-hmm. he's looked like he cannot play the, the quarterback position anymore um right. so they and, need and, to figure that out and that's kind of the point i was making when i was talking about you know what your quarterback gets paid right because these first two years of watson has been the time for them to try to like get it done because they put all they, they backloaded his contract whereas you look at a team like a like a houston you know while they definitely overachieve your quarterback is still cheap so you can go out there this offseason. Steve just talked about how they don't really have anybody that scares you on the offense except for the quarterback, right? But you can go out there and say, hey, Stephon Diggs might be available. Derrick Henry's available. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 T. Higgins is likely going to be available because Cincinnati's not going to be able to pay him and Jamar Chase. You know what I'm saying? They got, they got pieces you, on offense. They got pieces. I'm not, saying they don't, I'm not saying they don't have pieces. What I'm Like the point that Steve made, when you are scheming against this team, you're game planning, you don't think like, Oh shit, we gotta go against DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Tyreek Hill. You know, right. I got Devin Singletary. You know, huh, huh. <laughs> just don't, don't let him get too busy. You talking about for Houston <laughs> and Nico Collins. Yeah, but here's here's the here. other so, yeah, yeah. I'm saying that while he's cheap, they can go out and get some pieces and make this team dangerous next year. Where this year they were good, right. they can be dangerous next year, you know. And and but not only Houston, the not only opposite. I'm not Houston uh, uh Cleveland. Not only the quarterback thing, though, for, for Houston, they are in a shitty division we just talked about. They just won a playoff game. So aside from all of that, they're going to be attractive to someone who's going to go down there and be like, if I can make a difference here, we could be in the playoffs easily next year. We could win the division and get another home game next year. Simple, right? You could get somebody, anybody. It could be an aging guy. It could be, like you said, Stefan Diggs. It could be... um Terry McLaurin coming from Washington. There's, you know, there's some guys that are going to be available next year and some guys that'll be on the trade block and, and it'll be attractive um, because it'll be an easy route to the playoffs um, with a young quarterback who you hope is only going to get better. We still got four games coming up this weekend um, to close out wildcard weekend. Uh, the bills and Steelers game was flexed to tomorrow. Uh, the Packers Cowboys game is today at 4:30 Eastern time, and then the Lions and the Rams are at 8:15 Eastern time in Detroit. Um, Mike McCarthy is uh, Tampa and Philly is Monday as well. Tampa Philly is Monday. Mike McCarthy is hosting Green Bay today in Dallas. It's extremely cold, but uh, the you know they've got a dome, so they can close it up and, and heat it up in there. Uh, the Cowboys haven't lost a home game in two years. I, I expect that streak to continue. Um, wow, I like Jordan Love. I like the Packers this season, but I just don't think they. I don't think they have enough. And the team is playing very well overall. 
the the, the offense defense is playing well. And I just think, you know, Jordan loves essentially a rookie and you're about to play one of the better defenses in a playoff atmosphere at home. I, I just think it's too many cards, um, too many things lining up against them in terms of uh, uh, their ability to win this game. Now, I mean, any given Sunday, right? Anything could happen, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, uh, but just looking at this game on paper, I don't I don't think Green Bay has a chance. I I. I the, I, I see the score being something like 27-10, you know, 34-10, something like that. I, I don't think it's even close. The Cowboys, to me, have to stop Aaron Jones. Um, he hasn't been good all year, but he's a good running back. And we've been having challenges with stopping the run, the Cowboys, that is, um, all season, more so towards late in the season. So they've had some challenges there. Um, and I think the X factor for Green Bay, if they're going to try and s- steal this game, is going to be Jair Alexander. If he can't D up, uh, or if he doesn't shadow CD, it's going to be a long day for them because he is their secondary, right? And CD has shown that he is clear cut a number one wide receiver in this league. He's a top three wide receiver, not one or two. Wait, I said that wrong. Not two or three. No, you said you said it. You said it right. You said it right. Forty and slip. You said you definitely were right. <laughs> Not two and three. Um, you see what happens and, when and your I, mouth tries to go against your brain. And I think we're gonna. I think we'll see the reality today. We'll see a real wide receiver today. Um, in in a clutch situation. Um, no, but I I think Green Bay is gonna have. They should have a long day. Obviously, game script is gonna. You know, we got to make sure it runs in. As far as the Cowboys go, they got to run it in. in in, in their favor, uh, keep the ball. Don't make any mistakes. Get out quick. Score on the first drive. Like that's the that that's the the winning formula for the Cowboys. They get out. They score quick on the first drive, and then they let the defense pin their ears back. You know, um, and hopefully get a, a punt and get out quick. So um, I think the Cowboys should should be able to win this game. It's a home game. They've been great at home, um, and uh, barring any major injuries, they should be good. I will say this. Um go Cowboys. <laughs> I'm 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 I've been on the bandwagon. But um at home they have been susceptible to quarterbacks getting off on the secondary. Um you know, even bad quarterbacks have thrown for a decent amount of yards against them. I think Jordan Love, if he can get some people going. He might make it a little interesting offensively. I think he's going to throw for a good amount of yards. I don't expect Green Bay to win. I would be extremely shocked if they win. Um, but if they do win, I, I'm going to call it on the defense, on the Cowboys defense, because I think it's up to Micah and them to get home on this guy and make it a bad night for him. And and they, you know, Dan Campbell's got to do what he does. Um, and this is this is that moment. You know, it, it's got to be where you got to be dominant at home. Micah Parsons has to absolutely eat. You have to move him around. You have to just let him be him and let him play this game the way that he was born to play. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Jordan Love, you know, puts up to VP's point 14 and maybe 250. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for the Cowboys to win this out. Green Bay is the underdog. They're on the road. And and I think where it could hurt them or it should hurt them is I think Micah Parsons is going to get some calls today. 
I think the league and the officials have probably seen enough of he doesn't get calls. He doesn't get calls. He doesn't get calls, you know, with the videos and all of that out there. Um, and now he's been vocal to say, what the fuck? Where what's a better opportunity than against the underdog that people expect to win anyway um, or lose anyway, rather um, for them to say, all right, let's let's make make do. Let's make it right here, um, because later in the playoffs. It, you know, it's going to get I think it gets challenging. It's going to be different. So I, I think Green Bay is in trouble. Um, Jordan Love, that is. I think he's going to get hit today a lot. Um, Demarcus Lawrence has looked like just, I don't know, revamped. He looks great. Uh, so I, I'm confident there. I feel good about that game. I'm really con- I'm really um, concerned for the Lions, though. The the Rams are coming in. They're on a hot streak. Kyron Williams is something else. He is something else at running back. Um, and like I told you guys, man, Matt Stafford does not get his flowers. I told y'all earlier in the season, this guy is the wide receiver maker. Puka Nakua breaking all types of records. I mean, and you guys call me cr- absolutely crazy. Matt Stafford is that dude. And now he's going to go home to a city. They're going to give him his flowers. They're not going to boo Matt Stafford. You know what I'm saying? Like when you go, like you go to Philly, they're a piece of shit city and shitty fans. They'll boo, you know, their ex players. <laughs> I don't think Detroit. I don't think Detroit boos Matt Stafford. I think Matt Stafford goes in there today, and I think it could be a long day for those Lions. That's nasty. What's I, that? I mean, I'm you saying they're not gonna boost two things. First, I think you. <laughs> I mean, you are just the 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 cap that you're shooting on on uh Matt Stafford is insane. You know what I mean? Like you, the folks at Coca Cola should call you to see if you can, they can borrow some of that for their their bottling. But uh, in what sense? In what sense? Matt Stafford is is not that dude. Like he's he's okay. He's not. Wait a minute. 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 Because I I remember he's being happy. He's flip-floppy. He's flip-floppy. Yeah, Steve. I remember being the guy when you were like, oh, Matt Stafford is the the wide receiver maker. And I was the only one sitting here saying, that dude is overrated. Calvin Johnson carried him for eight, nine Mm -hmm. seasons. uh, He was like, nah, 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 Matt Stafford, nah, he's he's good. Nah, you were on the Matt Stafford. DJ, I've been saying Matt Stafford was overrated since he was drafted. Since he was drafted, I don't know. I don't know I've been about saying that. that. We're gonna have to do some research on this. I hope. Mm-hmm. I hope. I'm gonna get I, him. I wish. Matter I hope fact. that uh, uh, Cliff was in the comments today because he'll tell you he's been. My brother has been telling dog Stafford. I'm like, dude, the dude's overrated. <laughs> Bro, where, where were you? I remember having the debate both of you. Now I'm not. I'm not in the camp like you saying Calvin oh, Johnson oh. made Stafford. Hedging, hedging your right? bet. Stafford, here. No, no, Stafford bet. is good. Stafford is good, but like when I say good, he's he's good. Like he's not. It's not like yo, this dude. He had a Megatron for eight nine years. Exactly. He had Megatron. He's, he's he's serviceable. You know, he gets it done. He, he can make time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Hold Keep y'all fucking bum ass horses for just one Keep second. <laughs> he had Megatron, or did Megatron have him? No, he had no, no, no. Cooper Cup, or did Cup, Cooper Cup have him? He had Puka Nakua, or did Puka Nakua have him? I'll Matt tell you. Stafford. He had Matt he had Stafford. Been. Stop. 
Stop right there. Oh, okay. Matt Calvin Stafford. Johnson. Calvin Johnson retired three years before before Matt Stafford went to L.A. What was he doing? Was he doing numbers in those five thousand yards? Five thousand yards a year. What are you talking about? Go look at his. Look, go look at his career. Stop playing with me. Stop playing with me. Twenty twelve. Calvin Johnson set the NFL single season record. Nineteen hundred sixty four receiving yards. Who was his quarterback? Matt Stafford. Okay, 2021, Cooper Cup, second most receiving yards, 1,947. So you went from 2012, you said you went from 2012 to 2021? Hold on, hold on, hold on. What happened with Matt Stafford? Let me finish finish making my point. 2021, Cooper Cup broke, well, second second highest, didn't break the record, 1947. Stafford's his quarterback. Puka Nakua, most receiving yards as a rookie. Who's his quarterback? Again, there's an what, under what there, there's there's a common good. denominator here. There is a common denominator here. Y'all gotta stop hating on Matt Stafford. I'm not saying well, that. Listen, I'm not saying Matt Stafford is Tom Brady. The look, Jared Goff went to the Super Bowl right with the Rams. They broke that team up and brought in Matt Stafford. What happened? Won a Super what, Bowl. What receivers were good between 2012 and 2021 for, for Matthew Stafford? Who else did he make? Uh, what's his name? Can't remember the dude's name. Oh, uh, Nate Burleson. Nate Burleson was not made by no Matthew Stafford. Stop. Who made him? Who made Matthew, him? Nate Burleson wasn't even. No, he wasn't no world beating wide receiver. He was decent. He's okay, and he played okay. before Matt Stafford. So here go here go Matt Stafford with Calvin Johnson, right? 2011, 5,000 yards. 2012, 4,900 yards. 2013, 4,600 yards. 20, or I'm sorry, 2013, 4,600. 2014, 4,200. 2015, 4,200. Calvin Johnson retires in 2015. 4,300 the next year. 44 the following year. 37, 24. Whoa, 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 whoa. 24, he was hurt. Okay. He was hurt with 24. Right. Half Sorry, a season. I, I, I didn't, I didn't see the games play. He was hurt for 24. The following year, only 4,000. And then only 4,000? The, the, que- the better 4, question is, the better question is, the better question is, again, if he is the wide receiver maker, the all-world wide receiver maker, who He's from 2012 to 2021 did he make? This guy said Nate Burleson. We ne- No. No, no. Calvin Johnson was still there in 2012. So you got to go from after, okay. post-2015. Post 2015 to 2021, who did he make in between? What other guy became an all-star caliber wide receiver in between that time? Dog, if he's thrown for 4,400 yards, he did something. Yeah, he just threw the ball a lot. <laughs> he just threw the ball a lot. That's all. That's all he's ever done. Throw the ball a lot. And 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 also, Steve, to 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 uh, uh to that point that EJ just made when you're saying he's doing something, Tua. In year two, before McDaniel, before Tyreek, he missed five games and still threw for 3,600 yards with, with, with Devontae Parker. You know what I'm like, come on, dog. Like, this nigga finds a way to make it about the Dolphins. I'm not, trying, I'm not trying to right. do that. I'm not trying to do that. I'm, I'm making All right. a point. Though. So like, check it out. You know, who he, like you, know who he made in 20, you know who he made in 2016? Golden Tate, 1,000-yard wide receiver. You mean, the, you mean the guy that came from Seattle that was already Who good? didn't do shit. Who had one? No, he had one catch, one big catch, and that was when they had replacement. Thousand yards will make you a world beater. 
Does it? I didn't say world beater. I said he made a good That's receiver. Right. 91, 91 receptions for a thousand yards. That's pretty Garrett, damn good Garrett for Wilson. Tate. Garrett and, Wilson got and, a thousand yards and, with, with four different quarterbacks. And if we consider Golden Tate and think about those years in between when Calvin Johnson was gone, he had a pretty good career with Matt Stafford. 91 catches in 2016 for a thousand yards. 92 catches in 2017 for a thousand yards. 2018, he was hurt, still had 74 catches, 800 yards. 2019, hurt again, only played seven games. 2020 went to Philly at 278 yards. Matt Stafford makes guys good, man. I'm not saying I, I will. I'm not saying I will. I won't concede on the Golden Tate, and and the reason that I won't, I, 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 it's it's a partial thing, is because the the thing that Steve is 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 saying to you, EJ, with oh, EJ left. <laughs> um, but the thing that you're doing here is. Two of he had three fucking thousand yard seasons with Matt Stafford in Detroit. Two of those years were um, no, actually, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, two were without Megatron. One was with, and the best one was with Megatron. Yeah, and the other ones were with Marvin Jones, another one who had a thousand yards. Stop, just stop. Marvin Jones had a thousand yards in 2017, as did Golden Tate. Like this dude, you, you got... I'm not saying he's a piece of shit. I'm saying he, you know. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like he's the the he's some receiver whisperer or something. He's he's just he's he's he can make all the throws. He's accurate, and he's he's okay. He gets it Matt done. Stafford, all right, let me ask you a question: Is Matt Stafford a Hall of Famer? I. This is a tough question, and the reason why I say it's tough is because, on its face, my initial answer is no. But because he won the Super Bowl and the, the career numbers that he has combined with the fact that he now has a chip, he's going to he's going to go in. That knowing is not they, why. Matt Stafford's thrown for 56,000 go yards in his career. 56,000. And he's not done. Come on, man. Y'all got to stop. Y'all got to stop. Y'all y'all disc y'all discredit y'all discredit Matt Stafford because he was tied to Jim Caldwell, who couldn't do shit for shit. That's why. Jim Caldwell That's why. Coach. Stop it. Stop it right there. He got this. He, you guys discredit him because Matt Stafford was tied to Jim Caldwell and his shitty ass offense, and he still made shit happen. Matt Stafford is a Hall of Famer. 56,000 yards is not a guy that you could just say, well, he got the, the Super Bowl, so he gets in. Stop it. Stop it. Uh, you're right. He, 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 was, he would probably go in. Even without the Super Bowl, looking at it at fifty, I didn't know it was at fifty six. I didn't have the numbers pulled back up, but I just pulled them back up. Fifty six thousand and counting because he's going to play next season more than likely. Um, so that probably gets to sixty. He's going to he he would go in even without the even without the. Run. And let's let's be honest, Matt Stafford is the again. I think I said this before. He's one of the Charles Barkleys of the Tom Brady era. Like Mike, Michael Jordan stopped a lot of guys from getting rings. Tom Brady stopped a lot of guys from getting rings. LeBron James should be stopping a lot of guys from getting rings, but him together with Steph make it, you know, where it happens. But nonetheless, Matt Stafford, um, the Rams are going into into the Lions. This is going to be welcome home, Matt. I don't think they boo him. I think they should, but they won't. It's a playoff atmosphere. 
Detroit loves that guy. They love him like he's uh <laughs> like like he's Eminem. So I think he's going to be comfortable there, and I think the Rams can go in there, and I think they can uh, they can upset the Lions. How do you feel? Um, I I, I just I just want to say one more thing, real quick. You know, on this this fifty six thousand yards thing or whatever. You know, Matt Stafford has fifty six thousand yards over uh, what has he been thirteen years in the league, something like that. Came in in two thousand nine. Uh, 2023. So what's that? 14 years, 14 seasons, and he missed some games or whatever. Dan Marino threw for 62,000 yards, and he only played 16 years. Back when when you could you could oh my god, murder here's somebody the on the field. You, you always so, bring Dan Marino up about the yards that he's had, but you forget right. to you forget to mention that he was selfish as fuck and didn't want running backs because that's this guy hated that's running why, backs. That's why they I always said. I don't usually even comment on it when you say it, but anyway, let's not let's not get off topic or whatever. Uh, Lions, Lions, Rams. I I think the Rams win this game. Like my head says says Rams, but my heart wants to say Lions because I just feel like I feel like Dan Campbell is is gonna have those guys ready, and the team reflects their coach. And I feel like they're going to show up and they're going to play hard and 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 get it done. But my, like I said, my head says Rams. I'm in a, a situation today with the Rams and the Lions. Same situation I was yesterday, actually with both games. I ended up betting on the Browns and the Dolphins. But as I put both of those bets in, I was like, mm, Houston's home and they can probably, you know, pull it out. And then I started to think the Chiefs are the better team. You know, they have the better quarterback. They have a guy who's who's better prepared for this. Yeah, the better coach. Better coach. Like, I felt like the Chiefs were going to win. I still went with Miami or with Miami. Um, and I feel like with the Lions, I'm in that same situation. I feel like I, I want to bet on the Rams, but the Lions on paper should win this game. Like, they got a great defense. They've got good wide receivers. They got a, a serviceable quarterback. But um, I don't know if I mean, how do you feel about everybody saying this stuff is scripted? The NFL is scripted. I think we've been joking around with it for years, but everyone says, oh, Stafford's playing against the Lions. But people forget that Jared Goff was with the Rams and they went to the Super Bowl. Right. Like, I, this- I, I don't <laughs> like I, 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 I've never believed that since um, what's his face said it like three years ago or whatever. Um, who was it? Arian Foster who said that? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I don't yeah, I've never, I've never believed it, you know, but, you know, sometimes, you know, things happen. I mean, it's, you could say scripted and scripted is no different from people who believe in religion, you know, like, so this miracle happened, you know, it's like a, a bunch of seemingly random events came together and this, and this thing happened to people. So it was a miracle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like, it's the same shit here or whatever, you know, I think, I think for the NFL, they love it because it creates this drama. Where it's like, oh shit, the Rams threw away Jared Goff, and now he just made this team win their first division in 30 years. The Detroit threw away Matt Stafford; they won a Super Bowl, and now they're facing their old teams. You know, it, 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 the storylines: Green Bay and Dallas with McCarthy facing Green Bay, and all. You know what I mean? It's all. It's just a storyline. But I think Tyreek happened to face the Chiefs or whatever. You know, so it, it's you know, it's it makes for great TV. You know what I mean, but I don't. I don't think there's there's no no script. I will say, however, I do think that the league 
tells the refs, we want you to look out for this, look out for that or whatever. And then the refs, you know, call the games uh, uh, certain ways. I do believe that you you can't make me not believe it. You know what I mean? So uh, uh, um, but I don't I don't think it's scripted in any kind of way. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. Um, I don't think it's scripted at all. I do think the league tells them to watch out for stuff. But also, I think it gets crazier now that the league can overturn stuff without somebody, you know, if it's blatantly obvious. Right. right. Like it, that's where it gets kind of it gets kind of funky. And this is where to me, when you talk about records and stuff and you talked about Dan Marino um, and there's a lot of other records out there that are going to get broken, not only because of the, you know, the 18 games, but also now. You have um, replay. So all those errors that were made over those over the past years, you know, of yesteryear, you don't get those now. You know, it's it's and obviously passing is going to be different. They're protecting the quarterback, all that stuff. Um, But, you know, just general general records like the force out rules and stuff like that changing. There's just so much. It's similar to hand checking in the NBA. Um, The league is completely different. You know, there's so many eyes on it. It's uh, it's kind of funky, but you got another. Um... But not not just that, though, Steve, also, too, especially when you talk about quarterback records, is that, you know, these guys from like the Marino Elway, you know, that kind of thing. These guys had to sit before they got to play, whereas now a lot of these quarterbacks, they not only do they have the additional game because we added another week to the schedule, um, but you know, uh, uh, um, they're playing as rookies. So even even if they don't have a good rookie season, they can still, you know, like I just pulled up Tom Brady's thing, right? I mean, he played an extremely long career, right? So he, like, it's hard, even though he has almost 90,000 yards, it's hard to really, you know, kind of look at him as the standard because most of these quarterbacks aren't going to play more than 20 years, right? But looking at Brady's career numbers in 2000, his first season, he only played one game and had six yards. He had three attempts for, for, for six yards, right? And then you go to uh, year two, and he has a 2,800-yard season. And then after that is where things kind of take off, right? But um, – um, and even then, once they take off, it's like 3,000, 3,000, 3,000, 4,000, 3,000, almost 5,000. And then once he hits 4,000 that, that, uh, that second time, he basically has 4,000 yards pretty much every year except for one and in the years where he doesn't have the four thousands one of them was the 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 uh he had 3900 and then uh another one was was 3500 and all the rest are either 5000 yards or high 4000 you, you see what i'm saying and and so these that's why these records i think aren't going to stand it's just that these guys are playing sooner and longer and it's, it's yeah it's just a different game like you think about the number of uh, rushing attempts versus passing attempts are, are just crazy. Um, but uh, there's still two other games on uh, on the weekend. They are tomorrow, um, 4.30 p.m. We got a Steelers going into the Bills because uh, that game was moved. I think that was the NFL. I don't think that was the governor. I know you gave the governor the credit, but I think it was more the NFL. Um, and the from Bills what I read, the NFL, from what I read, the NFL was looking at it and the governor, like essentially was telling them, like, we can't have first responders working the game because there's too much shit happening. They got, they got to work. We need them to do. 
and then like in council take like i don't think the governor flexed and was like this shit ain't happening but i think <laughs> you know what i mean they were like yo like fuck are we doing here <laughs> it makes it only makes sense like playoff tickets are too expensive people are you know she said in a, in a press conference stay home if you're from pittsburgh if you're a pittsburgh fan right yeah. and and to to make that trek in that kind of snow that kind of weather i'm making it if i pay 500 dollars for a ticket like i'm not gonna stay home just because the weather's bad so um there's that then you got the tailgating the type of tailgating they do in buffalo is different they yeah. be breaking tables and shit it's too cold for that like yeah. you know there's a lot of casualties to happen in buffalo insane. they're not fucking insane yeah they're 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 just not realistic with uh with the things that they do um but pittsburgh pittsburgh's going into buffalo um buffalo doesn't get a a weather uh advantage like kansas city did yesterday because pittsburgh is used to playing in this shit right um so i think this is going to be i think it'll be a pretty good game pittsburgh's defense has been on all season uh, Mason Rudolph is finally getting his shot. He's finally getting his flowers. Um, and then it's another game for me that I feel like, oh, should I make a, a bet because, you know, the numbers look great for the Steelers, you know, as far as the odds? Or do I stick to my guns? And because I know that, you know, there's like an 85% chance that the Bills are going to win this game. I How think, do you I feel think, about this game? I think the Bill, I, obviously, I want. Pittsburgh to win. I like Tomlin. I like the Steelers as, as an organization overall. I like Tomlin. I can't stand the Bills because they're a division opponent, but I also just really can't stand uh, uh, Josh Mahomes. Uh, uh, Josh Mahomes. Um, Josh Allen. <laughs> he just put them all together, huh? Because I was, I literally was going to say I can't stand uh, Josh Allen, and I'm getting to the point where I can't stand Patrick Mahomes. Like, Watching, he he complains so much during the games. This shit is ridiculous, yo. It is insane how much he complains to the refs about shit, you know. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, so I hope the Steelers win. I just I don't think they have enough. I don't. I just don't think that they're they're well coached. They're gonna be prepared, but I just don't think they have enough to get past this Bills team. Now, the one thing I think that Pittsburgh has in their favor, or two things that they have working for them, is one. The weather is not going to be an advantage for um, uh, for Buffalo uh, the way it would be like if they had to play the Dolphins in in uh, uh, Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And it shit, it wasn't even a, a, a factor for them last year against the Dolphins. They only beat us by three, you know, um, with Skylar Thompson playing. Um, so that the weather is not going to be a, a factor because Pittsburgh gets cold as shit there. And Buffalo has essentially been playing in the playoffs for the last like five weeks right you know what i mean and and at you know at some point you know i don't don't know if you can sustain playing at that level for this long you know what i'm saying and so you know they they could be due to for a slip you know josh allen um he's been he he, i mean he's a turnover machine right um and that hasn't changed he hasn't been yep. more efficient. He hasn't been a better quarterback. He hasn't protected the ball anymore. And against the Steelers team, with a defense that they have, turning the ball over, it, it can be really, really detrimental to the game for you. Um, I feel like if he gets out there and he makes a mistake early, the Steelers can get out and run um, on them because they got two good running backs. And Najee Harris, I mean, good is probably doing a lot in that sentence, like you say. But um, they have two serviceable running backs, Najee Harris, who can go between the tackles, 
um, and Warren, who who you can split out or do whatever, right? He's he's a jack of all trades. So I, I think they can get it done. Um, a big part to me in this game, uh, an X factor, I think, is going to be George Pickens. Like, this guy has to – he's got to grow the fuck up. Like, it can't be every game where people are like, this guy's not putting his all out there. When he gets the ball, he seems like he's, you know, he's engaged, he's blocking, he's doing what he needs to. When he doesn't, you see this guy not even starting his routes. If he knows it's a run play, he's not even starting his routes. So you're giving the corner the opportunity to step up and stop these plays. It's just he's got to grow up, man. And and Tomlin has to either if he sees that this game, like if it's not there, it's not there. You know, he's going to get Tredavious White on him, right? Is Tredavious White playing? Uh, I don't think I, I, I don't think seen I, the, uh, the inactives yet. Oh, OK, Um, I thought he got. I don't think they have to put it out. I think you don't. I but, think you only have to put out the final injury report the day before the game. Gotcha. But if he gets locked up, right, George Pickens, that is, he still has to run those routes. Like it, this is the playoffs. This isn't the regular season. You're not out like they. And and if Tomlin sees that happening, I think he's got to grab him by his face mask or sit him down at halftime and say, "Look, if you're not moving, we're gonna have a problem. You're gonna get benched. Like yeah. that's just the way it goes." Um. Pittsburgh can steal this game. I, I think Buffalo wins it, unfortunately. Uh, I think the spread, I don't know if it's changed, but it was something like 10. I, I do have the Steelers covering that. I have the Steelers covering 10 because I don't think there's going to be a lot of passing in this game. Yeah, I agree. I, I think they should be able to cover 10. And and then, and, and also, if it's going to be a running game like that, I mean, you know, that's kind of the Steelers' bread and butter. Play good defense, yep. run the ball. You know what I mean? So, um um, I think that that works to their favor a little bit more. Now, on uh, Buffalo side, you know, they can run the ball uh, with um, uh, uh, what the fuck's his name? God damn it. Um, James. James. James Cook. James Cook. And then they also can do design runs for Allen so they can they can spice it up a little bit in that aspect. But, you know, um, um, I, I think this game is going to be a little I don't I don't think 10, I think 10 points is too much in in. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure Vegas knew the weather was bad, so I'm not sure why the spread is that big, but, you know. It moved a little bit. It's at nine and a half right now. Nine and a half to Buffalo. Um, but that's still, I mean, it's 10, right? Yeah. Um, two, two, two score spreads are always kind of dangerous. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, when when uh they 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 had us at a two at a two score spread against Carolina. It was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You know what I mean? But like, this is two playoff teams and you got a, a two score spread like that that seems a bit much especially in in again like you said playoff time people have if you're up by 14 or whatever late you're telling your guys to stay healthy right yeah like if there's a real limited amount of time on the clock then you know you, there's a chance that you get it down within 10 easily so i think i think pittsburgh covers that um i hope they win the game i don't think they will though um yeah, Tomorrow we have also the the late game is Philly coming into Tampa down here in Florida where we'll finally get a decent weather game um, <laughs> without all the cold and snow. Uh, Philly is going to be without A.J. Brown, which is going to be a big loss for them. Uh, Jalen Hurts is still dealing with the, the finger issue, which they mm-hmm. tried to tell everyone wasn't broken or fractured. Is it broken or the dislocated? They said it was just dislocated and it wasn't broken. It looked broken okay. when not when we seen it. Yeah. Um they they just Philly is banged up. Uh pause. They're they're banged up. Um and they're gonna go into a Tampa team. But 
on the bonus side, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> like, I always feel good if the guy that I have to beat <laughs> is Baker Mayfield. So, um, coming into Tampa, it looks like Philly is the favorite two and a half. Tampa's getting two and a half over under 43. Um, how do you feel like this game is going to go? I I would like Philly if, if they weren't dealing with the injuries and especially given the fact that Jalen, uh, Jalen Hurts is dealing with an injury and his throwing hand and it's on his throwing hand, right? Yes. Yeah. So he's dealing with an injury on his throwing hand and doesn't have his number one target. And they look like shit over the last, you know, six weeks. I think they went what one and one and five or something like that over the yeah. last uh, uh, six weeks. So I I like uh, Tampa Bay in this game, man. I, I actually do. And and I said this. I've been on Tampa Bay all year. When I keep saying like Baker is not gonna go out there and like light it up for you, but he's serviceable enough. And that team is still enough of the team that won the Super Bowl with Brady to still be able to ball with a quarterback who's serviceable and, 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 and for Baker, you know, even given, I, I agree with a lot of what you said, Well, you know, I feel good if I'm playing against Baker, you know, he got a lot on the line, you know, his, his contract mm-hmm. was, I, I've been talking about his contract. The shit was layered with incentives and he hit a lot of them motherfuckers he made did. himself an extra. He made more money in incentives this season than he did in base salary. So <laughs> he made his base salary was 4 million. He made 4.2 in incentives this year. And, um, he had a million dollar incentive if they made the playoffs, and then he gets an extra, I think it's 250 or 300 for every playoff game he wins. <laughs> he got something to play for, he got something, he playing for something, and he's, he's trying to get a contract, and you know, he's trying think, to get that starting job. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't think they give him a long term deal. He can either get franchise and get paid 35 million, or they could give him a Geno style deal. You know, fucking three years, hundred million. Put all the guaranteed money in year one and two, so they can walk away in year three. But you know, he he's playing for something, and I I think Tampa Bay will get this game. Yeah, I, I think Tampa wins this game. Um, to your point, Philly Jalen Hurts, his fingers fucked up. He doesn't have AJ Brown. Devontae Smith is there. Um, uh, DeAndre Swift is there. So I mean, there's still ways for the Eagles to to. To get out there, I think Goddard is back. I'm almost sure of it, 99. So there, there's ways for Eagles to get on for the Eagles to get on the board. Um, but Mike Evans is a man possessed. He's been playing excellent, you know, all season. Uh, Chris Godwin finally remembered that he's a good wide receiver, and it doesn't he doesn't need Tom Brady to catch the ball. And they got a pretty good running back in in White. Um, so they can absolutely uh, get it done. I do think the Buccaneers are going to pull this game out. Um, and I really want them to uh, to win this game, of course, because I don't like the Eagles or their fans. Uh, but the Eagles had about as much of a, a collapse as the Dolphins. Um, I remember some certain Eagles fans when they were 10 and 0 saying, oh, well, we'll be 10 and 1 or we're 10 and 1. And, you know, we're the only team that's 10 and 1. So that makes us the best team in the league. That shit changes quick. Yeah. It it does, man. They they they. It's been an epic collapse, and you know, I was talking to my brother, and I was I think that if Philly gets bounced uh, uh, tomorrow, that Sirianni's gone. I said this to you guys in chat, and my brother's like, "Nah, they, man, come on, man. The Eagles, are you serious? They they they, they got to give this guy a chance. He just got there. They went to the Super Bowl, blah blah blah." And I'm like, "You you know, you start off ten and zero. You had this epic collapse to finish the season. 
you had a game where it's like, okay, we got to win this game. Plus, we need Dallas to lose to win the division. And Dallas is playing the Commanders, right? But any given Sunday, you never know, right? Commanders played you guys well last year, um, uh, week 18. So, you know, maybe they maybe they get it done, right? But even if you, the coach, aren't scoreboard watching, somebody in your staff should be. And right. once this game is the Dallas game, I mean, is out of hand, and given your game is already out of hand, why the fuck are your people still in there? And then you right. lose AJ Brown, and then you you get Jalen uh, uh, Hurts hurt, right? And then if you say, okay, that's football, that kind of shit happens. You know what I mean? You you want to go into the playoff strong and not you know on a downer. Okay, fine, I got you. I don't I don't agree, but I got you, right? Reports of this dude losing the locker room. You can't have it. Players don't believe yeah. in him. Coaches don't believe in him. He when he's given the rah rah, they be like, yeah, yeah, we heard that shit before, you know. So <laughs> you know, like when when Meek Mill said, "Hold up, wait a minute, y'all thought I was finished." They like, yeah, yeah, you done, you know. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, I think he's gone. You know, I think he's gone. It, unless unless this playoff run is deep, I think he's gone. Yeah, especially you know um, with. Belichick coming available, which we're going to talk about next. Um, But the last thing I'll say on this for the Eagles is I think partially on their offense and for Jalen Hurts, it's almost like a now or never type of thing because you got Lane Johnson, who's old. You got Travis Kelsey. I'm sorry, uh, Jason Kelsey, who's old. There's no telling if those guys come back and if Jalen Hurts is going to be able to get the type of protection that he's gotten in the past. You also have... um, uh damn it i can't remember the uh the defensive guy that's been there forever um oh um i know you're talking about i can't think of his name right now but i know you're talking yeah you know they're gonna start losing some guys to um to age and sure they got younger in the draft last year but you know that young isn't looking great right now um and, and it's it's the seasoned guys that have gotten them where they're at so the Eagles need to to go deep. Pause if they're gonna keep it going um, with Sirianni. Uh, we talked about it week one or even before that. The coordinators, them losing those guys was huge. Those were the guys that made the team last year. Um, and and sure they started out ten and zero or nine and zero, ten and one. But it was it was a quick collapse as soon as they started to get to the tougher part of their schedule. Uh, or actually, no, they played good in the tougher part of the schedule. They got to the easier yeah. part of the schedule. And it, it similarly to the Dolphins, people f- found out that if you spy this guy, <laughs> play good coverage and make him make a throw, Jalen Hurts, that is, mm-hmm. then you can win these games. And that's that's what's happening. Um, yeah. You know, how do you feel about Belichick uh, switching gears, retiring? That came out this week. Um, You know, I'm... This is tough for me because I don't like Belichick <laughs> at all, right? But I have to recognize like what he's done in the league. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not necessarily sure that it was the right move, right? Um, or not retiring? You know I mean? Did I say retiring? I'm sorry. Yeah, you said retire. He didn't retire. Yeah, you know he he was fired. So, um, you know they made it. It was a mutual. He still wants to coach, and so if he ain't coaching there no more, he's he was fired. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Whether you know however they came to the agreement or whatever, at the end of the day. Robert Kraft told him, you're not going to be the coach anymore. So the writing was you know, on the wall. Yeah. Either get fired or we can do this thing gracefully and have a press conference and you go out looking good. You know, you, you, your call, you know, but you're not coaching here no more. You know, your key right. card won't work after tomorrow. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, um, but 
you know, I, I'm not sure that it was time, right? Because when you look at the the coaches that are gonna be available for teams to hire, and I know that they've already hired their coach in in uh in Jerome Mayo, right? Shout out another another black coach in the league. But um um when you look at what was available before they hired this guy, the best guy available is him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like why move on? Bill Belichick is a defensive minded coach. And that defense has been top notch this season. As bad as the offense was, the defense has been really fucking good, you know. Yeah. And and you can say this guy is not good on a young quarterback like a like a Mac Jones, like a, a Bailey Zappi, and, and those guys like that. Okay, but I would also argue those guys just aren't that good, you know. Maybe go out there and get him a seasoned veteran like a Russell Wilson, or potentially a, a, a Kirk Cousins that could be available. You know, go out there and get him somebody like that and then see what happens when you get a better quarterback and um, 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 you pair it with that good defense that they have. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't think it was time. I mean, they were bad the last couple of years, no doubt. But this shit happens. You know what I mean? They just they just lost their Hall of Fame quarterback. They're, they're, they're six time Super Bowl winning Hall of Fame quarterback. They lost them. It's hard to rebuild from that. Like Everybody. You know, I, I think teams look at teams like the 49ers and it's like, oh, 49ers lost Joe Montana, picked it right back up with Steve Young. You know, the, uh, 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 Green Bay lost far, picked it right back up with Rodgers. It don't always work out like that. Some teams spend years trying to fucking find a replacement for the guy who was their GOAT. Everybody doesn't just get it right away. You know, what I mean? sometimes this shit takes a while. You know what I mean? Yep. How long? Has fucking Cincinnati been trying to replace Boomer Esiason? And I don't even think he was that good, if, if I'm being all honest. Uh, uh, honestly, you know, right. how long have Denver been trying to replace John Elway? And while you can say, okay, yeah, they won after Elway, that's because they brought in Peyton Manning off the street. You know what I mean? But it, it it's not easy. It's not like you can be like, okay, Brady retired. Let's go to the quarterback store and, you know, get a guy off the shelf and just, just <laughs> pick up right where we, you know, this shit don't work like that. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. No, you, you got to You got to hit. It's it's like gambling. It's like being at the casino. You're gonna have a few up hands, exactly. and it it just doesn't always continue that way. Um, exactly. And even and even when you think that you hit, you get the top. Everybody's talking about Caleb Williams coming out of USC this year, right? And Caleb Williams is gonna be the, the most coveted quarterback, and he's likely gonna go if if Chicago decides to move on from Fields. You know, he'll go to Chicago or whoever picks him in the in the top two three picks or whatever, and. It's like okay, you got the best guy, but I mean, you know, I wasn't wasn't a uh, uh, what's his name? The guy before Manning was Ryan Ryan Leaf. I think that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, right? you know what I mean. He was the best guy at one point. You know what I mean. You you've had a lot of guys. Marcus Russell was the best guy. Marcus Russell and 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 you know it don't it don't always work out that way. College talent doesn't always transition to the pros. Right. At, at every position, but especially the quarterback position, because it's so hard. I give Bill Belichick his flowers. Um, I always, you know, say he deserves it. I'd still think Tom Brady was what made it right. I think together they 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 made it great. Um, he played his parts. Josh McDaniel played his parts. Um, but to your point, uh, I don't know that he was f- fired. Right. I think that. It really was mutual, and I think it was mutual in the sense that Bill Belichick probably went to them and was like, hey, look, I'm going to retire. 
I'm, I'm thinking of retiring specifically because this division is getting far too good and you guys aren't doing shit to get me better talent, right? You drafted, you know, Mac Jones. We haven't gotten any better. We're still trying to ride with this guy. You didn't bring any wide receivers in for him to help him out. At running back, we decided to go Ramondre Stevenson, and then we brought in an old Ezekiel Elliott. Like, we're not doing anything to get better. The best talent they've brought in since Tom Brady left was Hunter Henry at tight end. Like, this is the best offensive talent that they've brought in, right? Right, right. And I feel like, you know, Belichick wants to get out of that division. I feel like if 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 they weren't going to mutually part ways, then he would have retired because he didn't want to get stuck in a division with the Miami Dolphins who are getting better um, than when what he's used to. The Bills who are much better than what he's used to. Uh, even the Jets who are coming on and being better than what he's used to. Now he's wasting his time at 72 years old trying to fight an uphill battle. I think if he's smart, he goes to the NFC South he goes to Atlanta. He tries to find a quarterback for that team. Makes moves. They got two good running backs, Algier and Bijan. They got a tight end. They got Drake London. They've spent a lot in offense. And they've got some pretty good defensive guys that they've signed, you know, uh, through free agency. So if you go out and get a quarterback and now you're in a division that's really not that good. We just talked about Baker Mayfield being the guy who's leading that division. You got right. the Saints who got a Derek Carr. Like, that should in Carolina, who's got a rookie quarterback, who they're still trying to figure out what's going on. So if I'm Bill Belichick, I'm going to Atlanta. I'm almost that's almost checking your ticket to the playoffs, right? Almost, you know, barring any type of collapse or something like that. But um, that's where I think he ends up. Uh, and I, I again, I, I got to give him his flowers. I give him, and I was thinking back, like, so it was him and Saban, right, this week. And I'm like, man, these guys are some old dudes, right? And they've been around for a long time. And people give them their props or take their props for stuff that they did or didn't do in the league. But the one thing I didn't hear a lot of people talk about is these guys are responsible for a lot of, when we talk about sports today, right, especially NFL, these guys are responsible for a lot of young black men's lives, right? We talk about in these leagues where they're, the, the leagues don't have people set up you know, to counsel these guys money-wise or behavior-wise. Belichick was one of those guys who said, told these guys, yo, stay out the fucking bullshit. And if you want to be part of that, then you can't be part of this team, no matter who you are or what you do, right? Yeah. Um, They molded and they were responsible for a lot of young black men's lives from 17 years old and on. Um, If you start with Saban and then you move into the NFL and so on. And, you know... I don't hear them getting a lot of, you know, props for that, you know, for lack of a better word. And I think they deserve it. I think absolutely not only them, but any of these longstanding coaches, the <clears throat> the Pete Carroll's of the world, um, the Andy Reid's of the world. These guys are responsible for for some of these guys' lives and they, they keep them out of trouble. Right. <clears throat> no, I, I think I think that's a good point. Um, you know, I, I, I think uh, uh, what's the name? Kyle Perry, the, the guy at Kentucky. He makes a point of saying, like, he tells all his guys, like, hey, you know, when you get that contract, man, take this much money, set it to the side. Don't ever touch it. Let it sit in the bank, draw interest, and and you'll be good forever. And then if you get the next contract, then, you know, whatever, whatever, you know. But he tries to get him some advice. Um, but I think that I think that you're right with Saban, man. 
Reggie Bush said something this week, and I actually agree with it. Reggie Bush said he thinks NIL is why Saban retired because now he can't have, you know, 70 five-star recruits on the team all at one time because now people are like, right. going somewhere else. I'm trying to get paid, you know? And yeah. so, um, um, but yeah, but still, you know, a lot of guys they brought into the league, you know, a lot of responsibility. So definitely shout out to them on it, uh, you know, for a great career. And uh, as always, you know, fuck Nick Saban. I will never let it go. <laughs> You know, so, you know, kudos on the career and also fuck you. So, yeah. Uh, if you had to pick one team, where do you think Belichick goes next year? I still say Atlanta is probably his best option. It's very possible that he ends up with the Chargers um, or Las Vegas. But I, I think uh, or even Philly. Right. But where do you think uh, Belichick ends up next year? I like the um, I like the the pick of him going to Atlanta. Um, I I think he could actually do well in um, um, Vegas as well. But you're going to be in a tough division. You got to play Mahomes right. twice a year. You know, the conference overall is going to be tough. So I don't think that's a good landing spot for him. I think Atlanta probably would be the best spot for him but also i think philly as well if um um they get rid of uh, uh sirianni i think philly would probably like to go the route that you talked about in chat with Rabel. you may have said it earlier i don't remember um but with Rabel. but you know it's like i said to you guys in the chat you know what i mean like you know you want diet coke or coke just get the coke so if, if, if Rabel right. and belichick <laughs> are available at the same time just get belichick <laughs> right and, or and get both I mean, you Maybe. could, but I don't. I don't know if Rabel wants to go back. Belichick ain't going to be a coordinator, and and I don't know if Rabel no, gonna, of course not. A, I don't think he. I don't think he's going to take an underling role at this point. Right. Yeah, I think Rabel's got people lined up. I think he's going to have people lined up. So yeah, sure. it's not likely that he'll be that he'll be a, a coordinator. Um, I hope Belichick doesn't go to Philly. I don't want him in our division. Um, so if you're listening, Bill, Atlanta. They, the weather's better, the fans are better, the owner's better. They'll take care of you. Um, what else do we have? Lakers look like shit. Lakers are probably uh, they're looking like they may not make the playoffs. Uh, Stephen A went at your boy uh, Jason Whitlock this week. Yeah that that was that was crazy, man. Like you know, I, like it seems like he's a little bit more uh, unplugged on his podcast. I mean, for mm-hmm. obvious reasons, but um, um, I I kind of agree with what Shannon Sharp said on his podcast about it. You know, and it kind of goes to that thing I always said to you guys about like politics, where they say you sh- don't punch down. You know what I mean? And uh, 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 Shannon Sharp basically said, you know, while he understands why Stephen A got back at him or whatever, like why give this guy airtime on your podcast because right. he's trying to use you to bring himself up. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and, you know, Jason Whitlock, you know, I've, 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 I'm not a fan of this guy. He, he, he's gotten, you know, you know, I'm, I'm glad Stephen, they gave him the business, but he, I probably should have just ignored him just because, like I said earlier, this guy's like, or like Shannon Sharp said that I'm agreeing with this guy is essentially using you to elevate himself. Uh, I think Stephen A is losing sight of the fact that he is him. Like he is one of them. Uh, in the sense of you don't need the shock value. 
You don't have to go out there and have the Cat Williams like interview, right? (laughs) Like you've set the blueprint. You don't have to follow someone else's blueprint. He set the blueprint for hating the Cowboys no matter what, no matter what happens, win or lose, as good as they are, as bad as they are, he's going to hate the Cowboys. And it's worked for him. Yeah. Skip on the other side of it. Win or lose, he's going to love them. And it's worked for him. And now you see everyone following that blueprint. Stephen A doesn't have to go out there, to your point, and punch down. He doesn't have to go out there and get the shock value and try to go viral on the internet to be that guy. He's already that guy. Right. Um, you know, going out on the limb and showing, oh, I, I can be, you know, a tough guy also. I'm not always the corporate guy. I can, you know, say fuck you and, you know, you bastard and this, that, and the third. Like, we, all right, we get it, but, but you don't need that. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? You're still still him um right like like we talked about this with 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 cat williams right since you mentioned him when you were asking should kevin hart respond and i'm like no for what you know what i mean like cat said what he said we thought it was funny it was entertaining some of it is definitely bullshit some of it is probably likely very true you know some of it we can tell was true oh you know what i mean but mm-hmm. you know at the end of the day you're kevin hart you then made you know probably two three hundred million dollars in your career your your name is huge like why get involved with cat williams you know cat williams is a great comedian he's you know he's probably one of the greats or whatever you know but at this point you're punching down you know what i mean he said what he yeah. said and you just move on because you still got bags to get you know lots of them lots of them and he said you know he called up espn and stuff like that and cleared it but Still, like that's that still could be. I mean, ESPN can clear it ahead of time, and then if it doesn't sit so well or has a bad taste in someone's mouth, he's contract coming up in two years. Stephen A. That right. is, you know, ESPN right. like eighteen months. Don't, yeah, don't put yourself in that type of position. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. And now, of course, Stephen A. is big enough, pause, to where he can go out and and create his own brand. Right? He can create whatever he wants. Right? Like Don Lemon is coming out with something. Um regardless of what happens, but having that type of back in the ESPN, I mean, that that's a little bit different. The Disney, that's a, that's a little bit different. So, um, I think I he's going to leave ESPN. We'll see. I mean, like the last few years you've heard Stephen A talking about how much he gets paid, like complaining about it, like on air, I've heard him say, say this. And, um, you look at, you know, Stephen A being on the highest rated show on the network, the most viewership on the network of all their shows. And then they bring in a guy in Troy Aikman and, and, uh, and Buck, um, and, um, Joe Buck. There you go. I was going to call him Ken Buck, but I know that's not his name, but that's a, that's a congressman's name. That's why I didn't say it, but (laughs) they bring in, uh, uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman and give them that huge, both of them get huge contracts. They bring in Pat McAfee, huge contract. And Stephen A. Smith got to be sitting here saying like, yo, what the fuck? I have a bigger audience than Pat McAfee. I've been on this on the network longer than, than him. Like, how's this happening? You know what I mean? So if they come with anything less than what they gave McAfee, I think he walks. I agree there. I agree there. The, I think a slight difference is Pat McAfee brought a, a huge following with him also, right? So Stephen A., I think... He was a writer. He had his little shows or whatever, but he didn't have this type of following before. Like he was the B guy to Skip when he first started. And then he took mm-hmm. over when Skip left or whatever. So he's built his following and his brand, you know, largely through ESPN. So 
I think that's a slight difference there, but it's similar to quarterbacks, right? Um, Patrick Mahomes is a far better quarterback than some of the guys that are getting paid more than him today, right? It's going to come, well, time came to pastor this year where they went through and and, and they, they made it right in Kansas City, right? They restructured mm-hmm. them and said, hey, let's get you caught up to these other guys. And I yeah. think they'll do that. I think that'll happen with Stephen A. Um, he's going to have a decision to make, though, because do you stick with, with like you said, is he going to stick with ESPN, Disney, the big, big corporations? Or if I'm Stephen A, he could probably go out there and start his own fucking network. That's how big he is. Pause yeah. again. Um, you know, I don't know if it's it's as it's gonna be as big right out the out the front, but for him, if you're talking about monetizing, I think he can make more on his own than he can, you know, through a contract with with ESPN. Yeah, and 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 then really, because of how big he is, you know, even if the next thing if he leaves ESPN doesn't pan out, he can do the next thing like as a cash grab, and then if that don't work out, go somewhere else. So, like as an example. I mean, you know, I don't know if this is true, but I've heard people saying that Netflix may want to get into the podcast game, kind of like how, how Spotify is. And mm-hmm. Netflix just hands out money. So right. Netflix could, could fuck around and give Stephen A like a like a like a Joe Rogan style contract like he has with uh, with Spotify. And then yep. he does his podcast on Netflix, makes a huge bag and then it don't work out. And then he just goes somewhere else or whatever, you know, back to sports TV or whatever, you know. Or he can go align with somebody like a peacock. Right. Peacock is trying to get in, into this streaming sports um, mm-hmm. paramount. All of these these other streamers are looking to get into streaming sports. And why don't I pair with them? Because I have, you know, I have the following to make people come watch my show. And now I create a show with these guys. I get the live sports somehow or they get the live sports somehow. And now not only is he doing a show, but he's broadcasting. You know, there's so much more. That he could be doing and he can bring talent with him. So you got the, right. the people that that are, um, you know, maybe they, they, they're independent or they work for smaller brands. They'll absolutely follow and go with a Stephen A and create it. He'd bring in a Jamel Hill or, you know, yep. Mike, Mike Wilbaum with them and guys like people like that. And, and now you've turned into competition for ESPN, um, especially in our culture. And instead of a peacock, you know, go to Amazon. <laughs> or Amazon, right? Because they already got the right. NFL. I'm pretty sure they're trying to get the NBA back. Oh, they'll you know, get the and, NBA. And, yeah, and then now you and they can afford it, right? Yeah, that's one of the companies that have. Amazon. Yeah, you got one of that's one of the companies that have the money to go toe to toe with a Disney. So, yeah, yeah it, it, it makes sense, and they've already got the direct to consumer platform with you know Amazon yeah. Video. So, yeah, there's opportunities for this guy. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. It's going to come fast. Pause. <laughs> um, but it'll be it'll be interesting to watch, man. Yeah. Uh, what else? Anything else we got on the docket? Um, I mean, sports wise, not nah, you know, but uh, uh lots of bombings headed, going on. Yeah, we bombed uh, uh, Yemen. Us and the uh, the British. Uh, they bombing uh, uh, over not just the weekend. They probably started. I think it started on Thursday. And I think they've continued throughout the weekend or whatever. Essentially, what's been happening is is that um, the uh, the Houthi rebels, which is some rebel group inside of Yemen, they've been actually in the middle of a civil war the last probably six seven years. It's been a proxy war, a proxy war between um, Iran and Saudi Arabia, where Iran is supporting the Houthis and Saudi Arabia is reporting the or, or supporting the other side and kind of going at a proxy battle with each other through Yemen, essentially. 
um, giving money and arms to, to both sides or whatever. But anyway, the uh, the Houthi rebels have been like attacking ships in the Red Sea um, that, that are near Yemen, um, uh, fucking up shipping lanes and things like that. And every the, the rest of the world like took notice, but kind of were just like saying things and not necessarily getting involved. And now we see that this stuff is actually starting to have an actual impact uh, uh, on economies, even in our economy, um, because now the shipping companies are having to start diverting ships so they don't pass near Yemen to stop these attacks. And by moving the ships into different into uh, uh, different shipping lanes makes it more expensive because you're taking the longer route, you know, and they're starting to pass that stuff on. And this this month, when the when the uh, inflation numbers came out. They actually rose the first time inflation has risen in, I think, like five months. It's been steadily going down. And then all of a sudden it popped back up again. And I think that that got the the, the government's attention saying, OK, we can't keep letting this shit happen. And so <laughs> so they, you know, they they're Biden and his folks are saying we don't want to get into a war with these people. But, you know, we're trying to give them a little pow pow. Yeah. You know, like you, you fucked around and we did a little bit of finding out. But like, let's let's just stop there, you know. We get the message. You don't like what happened in Israel, but you don't know, like you, we're not going to keep letting you fuck with the economy. So, um, so, you know, watch this space. Timing, man. There's yeah. a, uh, there's a election on the horizon. Yeah. We got the, uh, the Iowa caucuses will be, uh, uh, this week. Um, you know, Trump should win. He's up by like almost 30 points. But some people are wondering, will it be that uh, large of a victory because of um, this crazy weather that's, you know, just happening all in the Midwest and up north and stuff? Yeah. And uh, um, so, you know, will people really go out to to caucus? I mean, I, I would say his supporters probably. Yeah. The other folks have to worry about their people going out to caucus for them, especially the way caucuses work, given that it's not like a regular election where you just go cash your ballot leave. You know, you, you got to you, you talk to your neighbors, you're convincing them to, hey, come over to my side or whatever, you know. So the, the caucuses are different from just a regular primary election. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Governor Chris Christie dropped out of the Republican primary uh, uh, president. I mean, he wasn't going to win. So, you know, uh, no, no surprise there. But essentially right. for him, the, the money dried up. So, you know, he was gone. Um, and then uh, this week, this past week, uh, Trump had his appeal uh, for his uh, the January 6th case out of D.C. Uh, in the appeals court, his lawyers essentially argued. Um, the judge asked them, let me give you a hypothetical. You know, you're saying the president gets immunity unless he is tr- uh, impeached by the House and then convicted by the Senate. If that doesn't happen, he can't be tried criminally by the Justice Department. And the lawyer says, yes, you know, and the judge says, OK, let me give you a hypothetical. If a president orders SEAL Team 6 to kill his political rival, can he be prosecuted for that? And the lawyer did like a bunch of, well, you know, blah, 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 look over here, look for that, you know, but essentially said, yeah, he can't be, you know. So it's essentially what he's saying is, right, if you, if you take this thing to its logical conclusion, if Joe Biden says, man, Trump's doing kind of good in the polls, we call up the Navy SEALs, you know, have him, have him handle that, he can't be prosecuted. Yeah, like, like, what the fuck kind of country are we trying to live in? You know, you know what I'm saying? So that happened this week. So we'll see what happens uh, uh, with the court. We're expecting a ruling uh, uh, any day now from the appeals court. Um, and then uh, next week, Trump's 
um, defamation trial starts up in New York, the E. Jean Carroll case, the woman who Trump was found to have sexually abused. Uh, she's suing him for defamation again. Um, um, that case will start uh, next week. And uh, um, and then Hunter Biden was in court this week. He pled guilty to tax evasion uh, or sorry, he pled not guilty to uh, tax evasion charges. And then also the uh, House of Representatives, the uh, Committee on Oversight, as well as the Judiciary Committee, both voted to hold Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden in contempt for not complying with subpoenas that they issued. And those two uh, uh, contempt reports will go to the full House. And at some point, the House will vote on whether or not to send a um, a uh, contempt, uh, um, what do they call it? A, uh, like a, they'll send it to the Justice Department, essentially saying this person defied Congress and we want you to charge him with contempt. And the the Justice Department will have to decide whether or not they want to move forward and bring charge contempt charges against him in the uh, in the courts. Donald Trump is going to be the uh, <clears throat> the Republican. Um, Candidate, nominee. right? Yeah, nominee for sure. Yeah. None of them are going to be him. They, they, like theoretically, he can lose, right? Because Trump's in some polls, he's at just over fifty percent, and other polls, it's just a plurality with like forty something percent, and all the other candidates, as well as undecided, equal more than fifty. But you have to imagine that some of those people who are supporting other folks, their number two is still Trump. You know what I mean? So it's not like, oh, I'm supporting DeSantis, but if he don't get it, I'm going to support Chris Christie or, or Nikki Haley or whatever. You know what I mean? Some of those people have Trump as their number two. So, right. you know, it, it's not it's it's not logical to think like, oh, just because, you know, Trump is under 50 percent, the other, you know, 55, 60 percent of folks are all uh, anti-Trump or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, gotcha. he's going to be the nominee. And it's going to be wrapped up early. Like Nikki Haley thinks she has a shot, and I honestly don't think she does. I think this thing will be wrapped up probably by the time we get to February. Yeah. Um, we live in a wild-ass country. We live in some yeah. wild times where we got a guy who's going to run for president with a jacket that looks like that. That shit is yeah. crazy to me. Shit is just crazy to me. But 91 criminal counts pending. And people are like, yo, we need this guy in office. Yeah. He's the savior. <laughs> yeah. And it's why I tell, you know, I try to tell people when I talk politics about them, when, when people do like the both sides thing, and I'm like, the Democratic Party has its problems. Don't don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? But like, like the two parties aren't the same. You know, when you like one party is saying the president should be able to kill his political rivals and not face criminal uh, uh, prosecution. But I mean, and, and think about this, for example, like if you take that argument to a lot, like forget about Joe Biden having Trump uh, uh, taken care of. Right. What they're essentially saying is like they keep saying Joe Biden is corrupt, all this kind of stuff. If the president has to be impeached and then convicted by the Senate in order to face charges, what's to stop Joe Biden from, you know, the, the he loses the election in November. Right. The inauguration is January 20th at noon. What's to stop Joe Biden from you know, at fucking on January 20th at 10.30 a.m., right before he heads to the Capitol for, for Trump's inauguration, to have the Treasury Department transfer $50 billion into his account. <laughs> and then when they try to charge him for stealing the government's money, he says, whoa, whoa I wasn't impeached. I didn't get convicted. So, uh, you know, sorry. You know, your loss. Bank error and not in, in my favor. 
You know what I mean? Like it's like it's monopoly or so. Like this this shit is ridiculous, man. These 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 arguments and these things that I know they don't really believe this shit, but like the the pretzels that they twist themselves into to support this man. Yeah, I think it'll be um, it's going to be an interesting year, man. Yeah, twenty twenty four is going to be an interesting year. Um, Indeed. Continue to watch it. Um. I think I don't, I'm in a good spot. I don't have anything else on my chest that I need to get off today. Uh, tomorrow is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So hopefully you're off. Uh, let's see. Question for VP. What's up with the student loans? Should we stop waiting for Joe to come through? I'm sorry if you covered it already. No, we actually haven't uh, uh, covered it at this point. Um, um, so they've essentially been, uh, um, let me, let me back up. So Biden, them, they're working on another program through, um, the first debt forgiveness that they did was through the CARES Act, which the Supreme Court overturned and said they can't do. They're doing another loan forgiveness through a different program, but that one is still going through the, um, when they, when they do things like this, they have to go through a process like where they have to have like a question and answer period and all these kind of things like that before they can actually go out and say, this is how it's going to work. And it's still like in that phase of things before they actually like put it out there. Um, in the meantime, what they've continued doing is doing loan forgiveness for like pockets of people where it's been like, oh, if you meet these criteria and it, it, this thing affected 300,000 people and it was like, you know, five billion dollars. And then here's another group of loans they forget they forgave that affected like six hundred thousand people or whatever. So overall, I think they've forgiven somewhere about 30 or 40 billion dollars in student loans that have impacted a couple million people. But the larger uh, uh, loan forgiveness for the the, the country at, or, or student loan borrowers at large hasn't happened yet. It's still they're still working on it so far. But if you ask me, you know, what I think will actually happen, I think they're going to come out with whatever this proposal is like in the summer to try to get the media hit from it to say, hey, we're working on this, you know, keep me in office and try to use it as a voting thing. But I don't think anything um, happens until probably later uh, uh, in the summer and try to use it as an election tactic. I hope, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, he's been he's been taking care of some pockets, just not my pockets. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I hope I hope uh, you know something happens on that front. But yeah, you know, I don't know that that's I don't know if that's the thing that's going to make people be like, oh, let's keep him in office. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I think the big thing that Biden's going to run on is um, definitely no doubt you, you're welcome. I think uh, uh, Biden's big thing they're going to try to run on is democracy. And it's basically going to be on fear. And I don't I don't you know, fear is a good motivator, but it's only good in the short term, which is why I think you see people, you know, forgetting, you know, kind of January 6th happened and you see people wasn't that bad, you know. Um, um, so I don't know, you know, like, I think that's why Obama did so well is he ran on hope and not fear. I mean, shit was bad. We had the economy tumbling, uh, at that point, you know, the Iraq war was going bad. Katrina had was only like, you know, two years removed from Katrina and all these other things that were, that were going bad in the country. And Obama's whole message was hope, you know, and, um, 
you know, Biden's message in 2020 was hope. You know, we're going to get past this pandemic and, you know, this guy's a bad president. Put me in there. I know what the hell I'm doing. I know how to operate the the, the wheels of power and that kind of thing like that. Mm-hmm. And then January 6th happened and you're like, oh, this guy is terrible. You know, they, they took away abortion access and then 2022 happens or whatever. And I think at some point, you know, people are going to get tired of fear and say, was it was it what is it that you've done for me? And um, while I think that Biden has done a lot, you know, I could I could name some things. But, you know, at the end of the day, like Steve always says, you know. People don't follow politics the way that I do. You know, people are they come home, they help the kids with homework, they cook some dinner, get the kids ready for bed, they go to sleep and then reset and do it all over again. You know, and so. When they say, man, they started back student loans. What the fuck? I thought they were forgiving that or whatever. Nobody's going to go and look and say, oh, well, actually, you know, these several Republican state sued and Supreme Court overturned it, you know, boom, boom. So now they're not going to be able to use the CARES Act. They're going to use this, that, that. People not digging into that shit like that. They say, you said student loans. I didn't get student loans. I'm not voting for you. you know? <laughs> I don't think that that's logical, but it's, it, you know, it's, it's, you, you can't play the game you want to play. You got to play the game you're in, you know, and, and so, I think that they need to do more. I think they need to do more. It's rubber hits the road, man. At some point, people have to be able to see the results versus hear the results and it be on the backside, right? So when you go to work every day and it comes end of year time, end of year review time, and you get your raise, your raise is only X percent, but your health insurance may not have gone up this year, right? Mm -hmm. You know, your 401k may look better because, you know, the you, the stocks are doing better this year because the the way your 401k was invested as a corporation, like all of these things that the company does that you just don't see. You don't look, you don't think about that. You don't think about, oh, right. I got really good health insurance and it didn't go up this year, you know, and, and my coverage got better or other things are being covered. Although prescriptions have gone up for others, they stayed the same for me. No, no, no. What you're thinking about is people only gave me 3%. Right, that three percent don't and, fix my gas issue. That don't that don't help me get to gas to, to work even you know, uh, week over week or day after day. So, it's just what you can see, and so that stuff that you talk about that you see, you can see it, you understand it because you watch it. But that I'm telling you that everyday person, man, they looking for what they can see happening, and what they can yeah. see is what the Republicans are throwing at them. Yo, this dude is bombing shit. <laughs> this dude's bombing shit. He's sending money over here. He's funding, you know, uh, Israel. He's doing this. He's funding uh, Ukraine. He ain't doing shit for America. That's Mm. what they're throwing at them. And that's what they can see because it's the headlines and it's the clickbait. Right. But you can't clickbait the the little bullshit stuff. I I won't call it bullshit. (laughs) You can't clickbait the stuff that's not fun. Um, you know, that politicians are doing or that the president is doing that you follow and stuff like that. But you can right. clickbait the stuff that's not fun. And so I think that's where it's going to get challenging. And the thing I think that makes this point the best is when you look at the stimmies, Trump sent out stimmies, Biden sent out stimmies. It's like people don't even remember that. They only remember Trump did it. And why? <laughs> because he, not only did he go out there and brag about it day after day after day after day, he also, for the people who got checks, he put his name on the checks. Put a signature on them. And then for the people who got direct deposits, they sent you a letter saying that you got the, the, the direct deposit and then put a signature on that to say, hey, look what I did. You know what I mean? Look what I did. You know, and 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 it's one thing that Biden doesn't do well, like talking about what it is that he's done. You know, I remember when Obama then passed their stimulus bill after the after the uh the big recession in 08. 
and they started doing these road projects and you would pass by and on the sign where they were doing construction at the bottom it would say this construction was paid for by the american recovery and rescue plan of 2009 or american rescue act of 2009 nobody don't know what the fuck that is you know what i'm saying so but if you put on there like you know this bridge was brought to you by obama you know what i mean like people get that you know what i mean most citizens don't know what the american recovery and rescue act is you know what I'm during during <laughs> and, during and, the and hurricane during the hurricane uh when the tolls were free, it said on every billboard that you pass, yep. uh, by order of Ron De- of Governor Ron DeSantis, tolls are suspended for your safety for yep. this time. So, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like you got to go out and, and sell your shit and say, I'm doing this or whatever. Here's an example, Steve. Did you know, you know, the, uh, the, the, inter- the interchange between I-4 and 408, the, the new mm-hmm. interchange? Remember yeah. that whole time when that shit was like it, they weren't doing anything on it for like a couple of years and all of a sudden construction picked back up? That shit was paid for by the recovery plan money in the Obama rescue plan. You probably didn't know that. And that's right <laughs> no. here in our backyard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they, they $600 million that the Obama administration sent them to finish that shit. So you have you have uh, 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 not just Floridians, but uh, Orlando folks taking advantage of that money every day. And they probably don't even know that that happened. You know what I'm saying? You you have to go out and sell what it is that you've done and tell people that you did it. And you can't wait for them to do the. Re- I, I think people need to take more responsibility and, and look into things. But w- what is happening versus what I think should happen is two different things. You got to play the game you're in, not the game you want to be in. Right. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Well, again, 2024 is going to be an interesting year from a political standpoint. Uh, stay tuned. VP will have all the good stuff for you guys. Um, unfortunately, uh, he's not always in the greatest graces when the, the Miami Dolphins are playing, but uh, <laughs> that season is over, so you can try and follow the heat. Um, however, there's still there's still a long ride ahead for the Dallas Cowboys starting today. Your magic today. looking good, too, man. We haven't talked about that, but your magic looking good. Magic do look look really good, man. And I'm looking at trying to get some tickets to some games before they go up. But uh, for now, it's football season. Go Cowboys. Let's go. Uh, there's a lot to be done. A lot of work ahead. Hopefully, uh, you know, as always, this is our year. But um, I don't have anything else that we need to cover. Uh, if you don't have anything else to cover for today, I'll hand it off to you uh, to get us up out of here. Hey, uh, everybody, we definitely appreciate you guys for rocking with us on this episode of the Cast Ready Podcast. Appreciate the questions in the in the uh, in the chat for the folks who listen live. We definitely appreciate you taking that time uh, out of your uh, out of your uh, Sunday morning slash afternoon. Uh, tomorrow's uh, Martin Luther King Day. So if you're black, you're not supposed to go to work. You know, you have to call your company, tell them you're standing on not just standing on business, you're standing on race. You're not doing it. So, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm joking, obviously, you know, if you got to go to work, go to work. <laughs> But, but anyway, man, like we always say, <laughs> like we always say, make that phone call, send that text message, reach out to your people, let them know that you're thinking about them. You know, we, we talked about this being big during the holidays. It's big all the time, but especially around the holidays and post holidays. Check on people, see how they're doing. You know, let them know that they're cared about, they loved, and and that kind of thing like that. Um, you guys can find this podcast on all podcasting platforms by searching Castworthy. You can also follow us on any social media by searching at Castworthy. On Instagram, it's at Castworthy underscore podcast. 
while you're there, you can leave a like, subscribe, share, follow, tell a friend, tell a friend, help us grow the audience. We very much appreciate it. And with that being said, again, we definitely appreciate uh, everybody in the chat. And we will see you guys next week for another fresh episode of the Casworthy Podcast. And of your team, Mr. Leonard, like Steve, give a good luck to you guys today. And uh, we out. We'll see you next week. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.